Hello, listening people. Hello. I'm Ryan. I'm Bartek. And you're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. We're spit and polish, likingly, because we're always spitting. And uh, we both happen to be Polish. Isn't that right, Bartek? That is correct, Ryan. <laughs> thanks thanks for the weird speech pattern you've got for this This Can I tell what weird speech pattern? <laughs> so, Bartek, what is it that uh, we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces? Um, we spit and we polish them, and hopefully everyone can appreciate the work we do on them after we've polished them. Yes, that's exactly correct. We do that, and what we do is we find those forgotten gems, those unappreciated masterpieces of cinema, of film, artworks that have been brushed under the rug, and we get them out from under the rug and show them to you, and we talk about them in an extensive audio commentary format. Isn't that right, Bartek? Yes, and we beat the dust out of the rug. Yeah, we beat it. We beat it hard. And what is the... Um, what is the theme that we've got going on this uh, for these next couple of films, and this film included? Well, this month of February... <laughs> Thank you. Fun fact, it's got two R's in it, so spell it correctly. Um, we are doing a dog month, that we call it a dogathon, where we watch movies that are about or have the word dog in the title. Yes, yes. So our dogathon is currently on. This episode is a part of the dogathon. Last week we did the first of the dogathon, and what is the cinematic brilliance? What is the cinematic brilliance that we're watching today, Bartek? Today we are watching the cinematic brilliance that is Scooby Doo Dva Potvore na Giganche. I look. I could pretend that I know what you say. Did I say I, too fast? I, I, I don't know, maybe. I do not speak Polish. That is oh. that is what I'm trying to indicate. I do not speak Polish, nor do I know what you said. Oh. I imagine that we're oh, watching some I, kind of movie. I forgot. Sorry, there's so many eggs on my face right now. <laughs> yeah, lots of them. All right. All right, I'll say it in the English. Um, it's, it's actually our first sequel ever on this show, so check, out, check out the previous episode. It's called Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Yes, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. And as Bartek mentioned, this is the first sequel. And it is not that scary of an idea that sequels are unappreciated, but is it, it is a scary idea that a whole series of films that are just two is unappreciated. Now, Bartek, who is the wonderful person we're joined by today? The wonderful person we are joined by today is not only wonderful, but fantastic. It is Jules Gatto. Hi, internet people. Hello. Welcome to the internet. Uh, it's a scary place. Um, it's so big. Funny thing is, in the first Scooby-Doo, Daphne is like, I will use the net to find out about these cults. So I guess we are now a part of the internet. Uh, Bartek, is there anything you want to mention before we start talking a bit more in depth about the movie? We've got Jules here. Yeah, you know, that was a really weird thing. We're doing a dog month, and what should our guest's last name be? Cat. Cat. Cat but, in Italian. But if it makes up for anything, I was born in the year of the dog, so... Well, there you go. I mean, oh, I can't she's a cat that. dog. Holy crap, I was we bo- should have done cat dog with her. Yeah, we, we, were bo- we, missed her. we were born in the year of the cock. Yep. And uh, there's no... <laughs> That's next year, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, I better have a child very quickly, so that way he can match 
I mean, I imagine it's going to be a he. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to gender uh, an unborn child yet, but I imagine it's going to be that. So we're doing Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Uh, is, before we get on into this, uh, I want to tell a little bit of my personal story about this wonderful film. This is the first film in the entire series that we've done where I actually saw it in the cinema. Oh, first one of all 12, I think, we've done episodes? Yeah, and 12 is a lot of films. Yeah, I've, I've had a few, jeez. I, this is game, mate. Yeah, I, this is the first one I saw, and before having to watch it for this show, I had no recollection or memories of the actual film itself. Yeah, I've had I had no memories of it other than I remember the tar monster. I'm like, oh, I remember there's a big one-eyed monster in it. And that's about it. And until I watched it the other night and I had, like, Vietnam flashbacks, I'm like, oh, God, no, no, ah, ah, ye, ah, ooh. Those are good noises I'm making. Don't mistake them for trauma. You know uh, what? <laughs> this movie was made in the year of the monkey, and this year is the year of the monkey. Wow. I've been learning a lot about <laughs> years. Of, Chinese uh, Zodiac years. Yep. I'm learning. I'm just learning a lot. On this show, uh, more with biotech, I'm learning a bit more Polish. I mean, I've learned no- none of it, but it's more than I learned before. Yeah, so. the, the title, the Polish title I gave for the movie this time was the localized title, and much like back two episodes ago when we did uh, Dickie Roberts' former child star, which is a fantastic movie. Check it out. Uh, we had a discussion about what would fucking nuts be in Polish. Knocking futs, yeah. Well, yeah, but I had to, you know, do the actual phrase first. So, and um, I told Ryan that. Uh, because of localization, I can't say it because there isn't any such thing. So the title I gave for this one was uh, Potfore na Gigantia, which would literally translate to Monsters on Giants, which <laughs> makes no sense. But in Polish, it means like, na Gigantia means that you're escaping to freedom or something like that. Wow. So this movie is all about freedom. And I, I know that, don't you, Jules? Yeah, of course I do. So do you have any personal experience with this classic? Um, I saw it in the cinema. Ooh. I grew up watching the cartoons, so I Ooh. was quite excited as a little kid to go see it, just as I saw the first one. So it's about as much as I remember. Uh, so you guys are both Scooby-Doo fans at heart, would you say? You both watch it over the cartoons? I never watched the cartoons as a, as a kid. As a kid, I watched it because it was on, and I apparently remembered more about it than I could remember Scooby-Doo. remembering. Scooby-Doo, you watch it only because it's on. Yeah, but that's, I enjoyed it. That's a good endorsement for Scooby-Doo, <laughs> I would say. All right, guys. We're going to start this magnificent beast, this wonderful film. So get Don't your copy. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Uh, unleashed. Uh, so prepare to unleash your copy of Scooby-Doo 2. <laughs> yes, thank you. So get, it, get whatever copy you have ready, and we're going to start this in 3, 2, 1, play. And off we go. Oh, now, it's so weird having to do this film because, obviously, we have watched the first one and had to do it for this show. So there will come many points in this in which I know I personally will compare it to the first one because sequels yeah. have that in them. But the funny thing about this sequel is it has little to no connection, barely any connections to the first movie. You could watch this movie and not see the first one. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good sequel, wouldn't you say? Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. But because because <laughs> because the whole assets of it are very similar, like directors and cast and all that, it's fair game to compare. Yes, it is. It, it's got all the same cast members and all the same same writer, same director, and they took that bold cinematic choice of, you know, the first movie we made. Yeah, let's let's not let's <laughs> not connect it to that. I mean. I mean, this is like the Godfather 2 of the Scooby-Doo world. I mean, look, I mean, Godfather 2 did connect to the first Godfather, so let's ignore that analogy for a little while, but it is an amazing film, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so right there, we had our first sort of bit of foreshadowing. We saw a pterodactyl. Oh. Oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> well. Now, Jules, calm down. I know you have a fear of pterodactyls. I really that. do. When I said to Jules, Jules, I want you on for the show... And you were like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a very keen listener of the show. And I'm like, thank you, you're the first person to mention that to me when I say I want you on the show. Usually other people are like, what show? Oh, yeah, yeah that. Yeah, I could do that. But when I said I want you on for Scooby-Doo too, Jules just said to me, whoa, 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 Ryan. I do believe there's a pterodactyl, pterodactyl in that, and mm. I have a severe fear of pterodactyls. So you know what would be great for this sequence? Pterodactyls? Well, there's already one. So we were going through a bunch of alleys. How great it would be if Ron Atkinson was just standing there? <laughs> hey, Ron Atkinson's in there. Just the not doing anything, just standing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, that'll, I'm scared. That, that'll be one of three callbacks to the previous movie, apart from the two that they're already in this film. So, they got a Mystery Inc. limo? Well, it's styled in their van. Limo, but it's, it's a Mystery Inc. I a do Mystery th- Machine. I do like the contrast of this is the early 2000s, but they got the very 60s style of their van. 60s, 70s style. Like, everyone's in the 70s vibe, but it's in the modern day? Yeah. That's what I love about these Scooby-Doo films. They don't really want to tell you what era it's supposed to be set in. Now, Jules, if you... Oh, Jules, do you like... Do you like... KFC because Scooby likes KFC and we saw this as kids and it must have made us like KFC. Are you a big fan of KFC? Funny enough, I was as a child, but not <laughs> so much now. Well, now you've watched Scooby Doo 2 again. Now I feel yeah. like KFC. You know mm. what? I've never really been into KFC. Oh, uh, here they are. Here they are. Bartek, these are your kind of fangirls. They get tattoos of you on well, their Well, if they chests. are girls, they're showing their tits. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is a. Funny enough, this movie. Dinklage Brigade. Funny, the the, the Dinklage Brigade. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were friends from how no excited they were. <laughs> so um, I was just saying, um, this movie. A lot of people describe it as being more child friendly than the previous one. Yeah, there's no sex jokes. But the funny thing is, I I own both of these on DVD. My copy of the first one is G rated. This one's PG rated. It's because Alicia Silverstone's in it, and uh... oh, and she gives us mild horror <laughs> and low-level violence. Yeah, that's what I get my experience mm, from her yeah, acting. Yeah, actually. Yep, yep. I agree with that. Jules is on my side. Oh, spoiler, yeah, guys, I thought it was the mild horror was from seeing those men. Spoiler tits. alert. Well, I love these dogs. Bark, bark. Okay, so when I watched it, now Jules, Jules and I both watched this on Netflix. When I watched it, I did not get subtitles for those dogs just then. Really? It just gave me a blank screen. Yeah, so it was actually, just like Scooby yeah. barking at dogs. And I'm like, okay, look, I, I guess we don't need to know what the dogs are saying. I guess it's oh, just... You guys so missed funny. out. I know, sniff my butt, sign my butt. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's Bartek at a party, I will say. I hate being at parties. That's why you're, you're, you're you know, Peter Boyle. I'm but. the most awkward person at parties. I just... I need someone to hang out with me the whole night. So, are you, are you guys fans of Alicia Silverstone? 
I've seen any of her films. To be honest, I can't really remember much that she's in. She's in Clueless. Other than Clueless. She's in Blast from the Past. Yes, this is like the third podcast in a row where I've mentioned Blast from the Past. I guess you could say that reference is a real Blast from the Past. Yeah, I need to take a drink after that good comment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In case you guys are wondering. For those of you with really good ears, you could just hear me nodding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Could you hear Bartek nodding? By the way, you like how I'm dressed, audience? Nice (laughs) orange shirt. With no shirt on. He always has it off during the podcasts. No, um, fun fact about Alicia Silverstone, guys, is she was in Batman and Robin. Let's not forget that masterpiece, too. She was Batgirl. Uh, But, 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 she is retired from acting. And, look, I'm not saying that this film is the reason why, but... I really think that this film could be a reason why she's like, well, I don't need to act anymore. I've done the greatest films that you could ever have. Clueless. I mean, that's one of my lesser films. Batman and Robin. Done that. <gasps> there he is. Scooby-Doo 2. Oh Retire. Boy. He's in this film, isn't he? Seth Green. Yeah, Seth Green's in this movie. I can't get over that. Like, I understand Alicia Silverstone, but Seth Green, he was doing... Typical trip. Typical Seth. Seth is very. Just shake it off, Seth. Shake Shake it it off. off. Shake it off. Seth Green's very much for his G-rated humor. Seth Green was doing a lot at this point. He was in Buffy around this point. He was doing the Austin Powers movies. Well, this was two years after Goldmember, I think. Family Guy. Yeah. uh, He was in like three very important things around this period of time, or at least around it. I think he was also in Buffy with. Uh, that Daphne. What, what, Velma? No, Daphne. Yes, they were both in... Uh, and he was also the nerdy love interest. Uh, he was also sort of antagonistic to Eric in that 70s show. Oh, he was in that 70s show. He, he was he, in like three episodes in a row. Wow. I've learned a lot from Bartek this episode, I will say. I and mean, I don't know when Robot Chicken started, but he's like the mastermind behind it. Well, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, I just want to say something about Leisha Silverstone before we get lost in the marvellous of the film. You know she's crazy. Doesn't surprise me. You know, you know she's crazy, right? Like, what? in what way? You know how she... <laughs> well, she's, she is very animal activist, but she's such an animal activist that she feeds her baby like a bird. Oh, those kind of crazy people. She feeds her baby, Bartek, like a bird. And you know how birds feed each other. You mean mouth to mouth? Mouth to mouth. I thought you you were just going to say, oh, she feeds them seeds. No, she chews it up and regurgitates it into her child's mouth. And her logic was, one time I was feeding my child and and his mouth went towards mine when I had food in there. And he must know that he wants to eat like this. Yep. She does know that that was a joke in Ren and Stimpy, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So in case you guys were big bird-eating fans out there, Alicia Silverstone is is also into that. So... Damn it, Ryan. Those damn pterodactyls. <laughs> well, l- let me alleviate your fear by telling you a little thing that I did regarding this movie while I was researching. I did a quiz on this movie. Oh. Was one of the quizzes about bird-to-bird feeding? No, but, I mean, I would have gotten very high marks if it was, obviously. Um, so, I mentioned back in our I'll Be Home for Christmas episode that I did a quiz and it was very hard. I got like maybe two out of ten points. And update, I also did that quiz and I, I, I couldn't even complete it because I was just like, well, this is too difficult. Yeah, This one was very easy, but it was also a multiple choice one and it gave some questions with interesting answers. Go on. So one of the two questions that stuck out to me was, 
Who was the famous actor that portrayed Patrick in this film? Oh, well, obviously, yeah. you know. Yeah. Obviously, for those of you that don't remember, Patrick was the guy played by Seth Green. So obviously, Seth Green was the right answer. But, yeah, but, come on, these but who the other three were? The other three options were Robin Williams, <laughs> Tom Cruise, <laughs> and the most appropriate one of all, Will Smith. <laughs> Which famous actor portrayed Patrick out of these four? And the second one... No, I... Wait, wait, Will Smith is black. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And, and remember, this person would be the love interest of Velma. I'm really disappointed now that it's not Will Smith. Oh my god, could you imagine if Will Smith was... <laughs> as a nerd? The, the, I just don't see Will Smith ever being a nerd. It's like him and I am legend is supposed to be a scientist. I don't believe it, for a start. It's like, you know... He's like a Julia Roberts helicopter pilot. <laughs> I, I think he's in a movie right now where he has a really thick African accent. Like, yeah, I, for he's a second, playing a medical doctor again about the football in America. But go on, go on the second one. Sorry, I just lost my shit when you're just like, oh, it was. Like, for instance, I want to see Robin Williams in this movie. Oh, yeah. And he's just, getting it on with Velma. Getting it on. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like her, the age of her dad, might I add. Mike, At least Tom, Seth Green is near her age, and yeah. Tom Cruise is a little bit older, but, like, it's past. Tom Cruise is short, like Seth Green, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but could you imagine? You'd just, like, it'd always be chase scenes in this with him. You'd <laughs> always be running somewhere. Oh, my God. Okay, what's the second one, Bartek? The second one is about the identity of the masked man. Is it Will Smith? Uh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this the question asks, who is the person behind the mask? And the options were, like... Uh, the old man you like from earlier. Old man Wickles. Um, the person who it actually was. <gasps> the person. Uh, s- some other character that it could have been. And then the last one was just completely out of nowhere. <laughs> you would never guess what it was. <laughs> oh, please be Will Smith. No. Scooby-Doo. No. Scrappy-Doo. No. Are they even in the movie? No. Okay. They're okay. not even a single person. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. It was <laughs> Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> 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 the masked man it's Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch wait, wait. could you imagine Mark Wahlberg being the man behind the mask and it'll be like and his band his whole band <laughs> the whole band so it's like 20 feet tall because they're standing on each other's shoulders <laughs> and could you imagine Marky Mark being like oh come on guys wow come on like what no the Scooby gang no Owen Wilson more <laughs> They, I can't. They, they both they both speak like they're really perplexed yet excited for they could, everything. They could have at least been thematic and said Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray! Or they could have been thematic and said Rowan Atkinson. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would have made sense. How good would this movie have been if Will Smith played Velma's love interest, but he's still a nerd? And <laughs> <laughs> who works at who works at might I add the cool Sonian? That's the yeah. name of them. Because <laughs> they live in Coolsville. Oh my gosh. The museum is called the Coolsonian. Yeah. So Will Smith Reference works at the, the Coolsonian yeah, with nerdy glasses <laughs> and he's tripping all over the place and he's still got his deep, sexy voice, though. 
I make yeah. this look good. <laughs> yeah, no, but he's just, but he has the charisma of Seth Green. And then you have Marky Mark and all of the Funky Bunch, which is how yeah. many people? Like five or six after him, yeah. So they're all standing on each other's shoulders and, they have, and, it's, and they're playing themselves. That's the idea I like. Like they rip off the mask and they're like, Marky Mark. And then they rip open the jacket and the Funky and the whole Funky Bunch. We thought you had good vibrations. And then, and then Marky Mark says like, Oh, yeah, and I would have been. He was like, but why, Marky Mark? Why? Why would he do it? Like, what's his... What's, but why would he and the whole Funky Bunch join in on this adventure? That's what I like the idea of. Maybe oh. they're jealous of the mystery. I don't know. We haven't talked about uh, their... The little, plot? The, the, the hangout. Their, their, their base. I like, it. I like it. What do you think, Jules? Would you want to live there? It's pretty colourful. Okay. Okay. If you... Okay. We, we didn't do this, but which member of... Mr. Ink, do you think you are? Oh my gosh. Hmm. Bartek? While th- Jules is postulating, we've had a whole film to think about this. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I would be the Shaggy. You're the Shaggy? Alrighty then. Um, I think I'd be Freddy because I'm the leader of us two. <laughs> I mean, I've got the fashion styles of, of Shaggy, though. Not right now. But uh, I could also be Rowan Atkinson <laughs> <laughs> the first one. <laughs> But him I thought we were he... talking about the main gang. Nah, he's a, he's a part of the gang. No. <laughs> yeah, sure he is. <laughs> he's in both films. Are you trying to say you'd be Scrappy? Oh, I would be Scrappy, but no. I'd be Fred. I'd be Freddy. Freddy, Freddy, Prince Jr. What about you, Jules? Oh, it's so hard. I feel like I'd be all of them, but... Hmm. I know, it's a, it's so it's like Sophie's choice, when, really. Is, when, really. You look in the mi- <laughs> when you look in the mirror, who do you see? Scooby-Doo. I knew that she was a Scooby-Doo person. I, I looked at Jules and I think, what a hideous facial deformity. She's definitely Scooby. That's that's. Well, wanna, she's afraid of the pterodactyl. I just want to wear pink go-go boots. Like, yeah. Is that a problem? There's, there's that thing where, um, you know, with most males, there's that inner pervert that lies in one. And when watching films, there's those moments where the inner pervert comes out. And just from, just a moment ago... When I watched it the first time, what's her name? Daphne like sat down in that chair, and I'm just like, her butt was showing so much because she she decided, I'll push my skirt up and then sit on the very edge of the chair, and I'm just like, good one, Daphne. See, I know why you're in the gang. I thought you were to gonna, keep me entertained. I thought you were gonna go because um, you're like, oh, a moment ago, I thought you were gonna talk about Scooby wearing the go-go boots. Scooby gets my erection pumping. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, to this... be fair, in the last episode, I did say that the go-go boots was the most attractive person. So, so here's Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch are trying to escape. I can't believe that was an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I could have too. I wish we wrote quizzes. Where the answers like like you know like who played Schindler and Schindler's List and you're like Liam Neeson and then you could be like oh I don't know Marky Mark and oh the Earth funky Wind bunch. and Fire Earth Wind and Fire minus the fire <laughs> and you know just have all of these different answers like oh you know who was who was the bad guy in the first Scooby Doo movie I know you didn't expect it but Stephen all Fry. along yeah all along it was Stephen Fry yeah another British comedian or Pamela Anderson it was Pamela Anderson all along <laughs> well she was in the film so we can't say her okay here's something the plot uh, there is one um, well the, yeah it's a mystery it's a mystery uh, mystery Inca trying to investigate old man Wickles because I think he's the masked man but little do they know it's Marky Mark 
and the Funky Bunch. I really do wish that in some of these movies, like, I think an improvement upon some of these, say, like, in the first one, the villain was, spoiler alert, Scrappy-Doo. And the only way we knew Scrappy-Doo was they showed a flashback with Scrappy-Doo, so you're like, oh, Scrappy-Doo's in this universe? I would like it if they just, at the end, unmasked the person, and it's a complete stranger that we haven't met <laughs> and hasn't been referenced in the story. Yeah. But, like, in the first one, they could have done that, because Scrappy-Doo's such a recognisable character, and nobody likes him. So they could have unmasked, it's like, oh, it's Scrappy-Doo, and you're like, oh my god, Scrappy! Because that way it would have been more of a mystery. And this movie, I reckon, it would have been great if at the end they unmasked it and it was Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> yeah, it, with it would, no explanation of who they are yeah, or why it, they're there. It would kind of go against the mystery trope of introducing every character within the first, like, 20 minutes or whatever. But, I hey. mean, that would have been great if it was the Funky Bunch and Marky Mark. <laughs> and Marky Mark. It would have been shit if it was just the Funky Bunch because I wouldn't recognise them without Yeah, I Marky. looked at their names on Wikipedia and I'm like, I don't know any of these guys. I just know Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> or it'd be even more funny if they're like, Marky Mark! Oh wait, who the hell are you guys? So hey, do you, do you find it funny at this period of time all of these actors, and I mean each one of them were young upcoming actors who were very well established like Buffy, his in Scream, the chick whose Velma was in Freaks and Geeks. Like, all of these people, and Freddie Prince Jr. is just Freddie Prince Jr. All these people had amazing careers. And at that time, Mark Wahlberg did not have an amazing <laughs> acting career. And look at how times are today. Oh, how Do you the see... tables have turned. And that's why Marky Mark did it all along. He's just like, you guys stop my acting career. So Daphne is very... Uh... Yeah, Daphne's useful. She's got tools. She's got her makeup stuff. Now, Jules, you're a girl. Yes. Do you indeed. carry makeup on you all the time with the pore strips and everything like that, just randomly? Uh, I think the most I'll ever carry is chapstick on me. Aha, uh-huh. so it. if you're caught in a dangerous situation, you could use your feminine wives, which is a chapstick, to get you out of that situation. So you could be a Daphne of the gang. Nah, true. True. And, you know, you like purple, I guess. It's... It's kind of. <laughs> kind of. I, with, for people wondering, Jules is wearing an outfit that could be purple or could not. I'm pretty sure it's like a burgundy. Like... Oh, burgundy. It's, it's a, a shade shaggy, of red. Shaggy just stole Fred's catchphrase. Which is? Let's split up, gang. Oh, yeah. And Fred's reaction to that is like, that's the thing I say. And that's me in this podcast. That was, that was in the, that's kind of in the vein of the first movie in that they were kind of self-referentiating. Self-referencing. Uh, what show. you said was pretty good. I, I mean, I don't speak Polish, so I don't know what you said. Uh, I'm but so I sorry. Oh, you, running you gag, doing it. it again. Yay. Running. I, I do <laughs> Why like. Why does he have a diary? I, speaking of running gag, I do like this whole private. Do not look, and then he just grabs. Oh, What I want to know is why does. Why does Old Man Wickles have a diary in the first place? Like, he's so evil, he shouldn't have one. That's what my point is. Why like, have a sensitive side? Don't a lot of villains... He does. Don't a lot of villains leave around, like, reports and stuff lying around? Yeah, reports aren't diaries. It's not like, you know... No, some people do diaries. 
I guess. What would be in his diary, though? Dear diary, I discovered that it's Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> Finn. No, uh, maybe dear doesn't... diary, I like tater tots. Dear diary, I should have got that part in my film. <laughs> I like how the whole film, it doesn't mention, <gasps> like, they say lead role, so you're thinking, you know, the guy. Yeah, but no, I knew, I knew, because it's this kind of film. Like, oh, baby's got, okay. Old Man Wickles likes Sir Mix and Match a lot. Who would have guessed? Sir Mix a lot, yeah. If you read his diary, I bet you would have figured that out. <laughs> Daffy doesn't have arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, like how innocently you said that. It's like last podcast. <laughs> last podcast, you're like, I just don't know how dogs work. <laughs> you said it's so innocent. Well, that was genuine. This was something I noticed yesterday. You're like, oh, it's, it's weird. I did not know that she was an amputee. So, I, I noticed it because she looked like she was. Oh, reminded me of Video King. Okay, never mind. So, you guys are Scooby fans at heart. How do you think I this guess. movie stacks up in the Scooby universe or the Scoobverse? Pretty well, actually. Especially with the, all the costumes and stuff. They've got a lot of all the characters I can remember from the TV show. So, mm, so is that what gets you? The nostalgic feel of the monsters? And well, there's no Scrappy. <laughs> well, there's no Scrappy. But, but you know, he's, <laughs> he's, no he's, he's being punished right now. There's no Rowan Atkinson. So. Yeah, he was the best part of the show. <laughs> As himself. <laughs> <laughs> and since it's, I imagine, I imagine it's an animated show, but it's an animated show. No, no, no. What I mean is, like, you have the animated show, but then you just get live action Rowan Atkinson walk um, in. So, kind of like the opposite of what Scooby does later when he drinks the potion. Yeah. Or you have the animated Mr. Bean TV show, Mr. Bean yeah. walk I've, in. I've and... never watched that. Was that any decent? If you liked Mr. Bean, it was alright. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't say. It was as good as Mr. Bean. That's all right. I mean, is it as good as the Black Knight here? Black Knight. Oh, Oh, that's racist. You're calling him black. Why can't he just be knight? I like how you pick up on that being racist, but not me hysterically saying several times before, Will Smith is black. (laughs) Will Smith is black. But Will Smith is black. So is the Black Knight. Yeah, but Will Will Smith's a nothing, but this guy has knight, so you can just call him knight. (laughs) Will Smith is another. If you said Will Smith's hey, a black man, then I'd be. Do you know what Will Smith's children are called? Yeah. Actually, I forgot the Willow daughter's name. And. Jaden. Jaden. And do you know what Will Smith and Will Smith's wife are called? Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith. And what are their kids? Jada, Jaden, Will, Willow. <laughs> and then they have another kid that's just got a normal name, name like Craig or something. Like, I'm not joking. They have a third kid and he's just like Bill. Or like, he this doesn't, is Billy. Billy's would be Willie. Uh, but no, he's just got like some average name that doesn't connect to his Steve. parents. It's like Steve. Wasn't that a daughter? Oh, I, I can't remember. I like to think of... Maybe it is a daughter, but it's got a, a boy's name. Typical Will Smith. That's why he is such a Seth Greenian character. So, wait, wait. Does that mean Seth Green plays Will Smith roles in this universe where Will Smith is playing Seth well, Green According, yes. According to the quiz maker, yeah. <laughs> so can you imagine Men well, in Black that- <laughs> with <laughs> Seth Green? <laughs> and Seth Green's in it and he's just like saying all the slang and he's just doing all of that stuff. Oh I my make God. this look good. 
<laughs> he's like, I think this look good and he's even shorter than like the pug. So just for disclosure, do we actually like Seth Green? I love Seth Green. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great Seth too. Seth Green isn't Will Smith. Oh yeah, Suicide Squad starring Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I love so- that discovery part. So thank you for like, Exploring different avenues. Me, when, I when just I, looked at the trivia. And when it was I dis- very average. Yeah. When I discovered it, I was like typing the message to you. I'm like, no, no, no save I'll wait this. for the show. So, Sarah Michelle Gellar fighting. I she learned do... kung fu in the last movie. Didn't yeah. She? Well, yeah. Now so she that can carries use, over. Now she can use weapons. And its weakest spot is oh, it's testicles. Oh, who would have guessed? Did you guess that, Jules? No, not at all. Now, as someone who does not have testicles, mm-hmm. does it hurt looking at someone get kicked in the testicles? Not really. It hurts for us, isn't it, Bartek? Uh, not, there's that, not there's that spiny sense. But when you see it in real life... Maybe more in real yeah, life. Yeah, I real feel life. even in real life, depending on how hard they get kicked and the reaction of the other person, you're like, oh, that looked like it hurt. Well, the- <laughs> Look, as someone who's kicked people in the gonads, I can tell you it hurt my foot. <laughs> and uh, look, people say, Ryan, you know, you can't kick a girl in their gonads, doesn't hurt as much as guys. Oh, they went down as similar. No, just punch him in the boob. Punch him in the boob, <laughs> not kick him in the veg. I mean, uh, look. Oh, kick him in the veg, that's a lot nicer than the phrase I know. <laughs> kick him in the. What? what? Uh, cunt punt? Yeah, cunt punt. <laughs> <laughs> love the phrase. Have you watched. Oh my god. Have you watched Michael Shannon read dramatic uh, read a dramatic version of this email that was sent around to all of these like high school I mean uh, all of these college fraternities or whatever I sororities no. it's him reading it dramatically and he's all like God damn it, Brittany! If you keep screwing up one more time, I am going to cunt punch you. And he's just like dead serious. He's sitting there in a like a candlelit room with a glass of brandy. <laughs> he's reading it. He's talking like a modern teenage, like a modern early aged woman. And he's like, like whatever. <laughs> like, the best. So. You guys like this movie, Bartek. Uh, you're, you like, you know, Jules commented she's a Scooby fan. What, what about this as a Scooby fan do you enjoy? Well, you're kind of labelling me as Scooby fan. Well, you, you both watched Scooby-Doo as children, the cartoon. I never watched Scooby-Doo as a kid because it was never on for me. I didn't have any cable or anything. I just had normal TV and Scooby-Doo wasn't really on normal TV. So I would label you both as Scooby fans in comparison to me. Relatively, I would be, yeah. Yes, and also last week you said you were a Scooby fan, so there we are. So, I was, yeah. So what is it about this movie that works as a Scooby-Doo movie? What about it works as a, as a homage or tribute or another part of the chain that is Scooby-Doo? Because Scooby-Doo is decades upon decades upon decades old. I suppose the whole aspect of Shaggy and Scooby wanting to change themselves into what the other what they perceive the other three to be mm. would be something that draws from the show because they were off Shaggy mentions everything he does right is all an accident and he wants to mm. do something on purposely correctly so i suppose that element would be the major thing yeah and also the, there is a flashback scene later which sort of um sort of is inspired by a pup named Scooby Doo which i briefly talked about last week yeah 
Um, well, the, the original show certainly didn't have Seth Green, but I, I believe there <laughs> were... Oh, Will did, Smith. Oh, I was about to say, it did have Will Smith. <laughs> there, 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 um, there were times in the franchise, not often, mostly in the spin-offs where... The, the Scooby v- franchise, yeah. Well, yeah, dude, there are really... I know. There are a lot of shows. I know. I've watched some of them now after watching this one. I watched oh, she got them. her makeover. And the she looks that less attractive. I agree. Where Just, did her extra hair come from? Well, from from Daphne, I imagine. Just to finish what I was saying there, there were some parts in the Scooby franchise where uh, the villain actually was a supernatural thing. Like, they, they yeah. were up against Dracula at one point, and this is... Actually, both movies, yeah, there are actually genuine supernatural elements in it. Yeah, and for me, I'll say classic Velma. Sorry, she's just pulling face in my classic Velma. Um, what I would say is, I'm not a Scooby fan, but this movie, in comparison to the first one, I enjoyed a lot more because I knew from afar that it was more honest in comparison to the Scooby name. This movie drips more Scooby-Doo cartoons. The other movie was a great film, wonderful film and a great Scooby film it added something new but this film took a step back and said no we've got to go back to the roots of what it's all about we've got to make it what Scooby-Doo was always about which is more cartoony more innocent and more directed towards children I will say as someone who's not watched Scooby-Doo I can tell that it is giving those things it does the classic Scooby-Doo things like such as they're barricading the door, and then the monster helps them barricade the door. Or mm. Scooby jumps up in the air, and his legs keep running, but he's not moving because he's up in the air, and then he does. And Shaggy's Shaggy is noble yet cowardly at the same time, and him and Scooby do a lot more Scooby-related, Scooby and Shaggy-related stuff. But yet again, I will say this. There are things in this that also take away, like these dance sequences. I don't know. I like them. I think they're funky. But like you said... Both films introduce the supernatural are real, while what I know of Scooby-Doo is the Scooby-Doo universe is there is no such things as monsters, ghouls, or ghosts. They're always just people. The idea that... Except when there always... actually are supernatural things like Dracula. Yeah, but what I mean is in the real show, like in the original in the show. show yeah. The original show was actually set, supposedly, in like a depression era America so that's why every time you go around with them all the towns are run down and everything because there's been a recession and that's why they're always evil old businessmen who are bankrupt but yeah. but they still have the 60s style funky car and they yeah, still exactly. have super bright colourful clothing yeah exactly everyone's happy I like this bar don't you wouldn't you want to go here, Jules? Yeah, I would. Which which of the entertainment would you be playing? The whacker whack-a-mole gang or the darts? Or the sitting with old man Wickles. <laughs> or sitting with old man I Wickles. I think the obvious choice is sitting with old man Wickles. <laughs> now, we all know who old man Wickles is, don't we? You know who? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was the original Black Knight, I believe. Thank you, Martin. But the actor, I mean. You know oh. who he is, don't you? Um, who is he to you? I don't know, what's his name again? Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. It's a name I know. Well, he was in Everybody Loves, Loves Raymond. Raymond. Never watched as, it. As the father-in-law. But he was also in Mel, Mel Brooks' movie Young Frankenstein. He played the monster. And those are, I would say, his two best well-known films. He's also in a few other interesting roles. Obviously, Old Man Wickles. Uh, but I love him in this movie. <laughs> I wished he was in it more. Yeah, I agree. Like, there are these moments where I wished he was in it more. In fact, out of all the actors that aren't the main cast, because I think the main cast really are enveloped in their roles, I think Old Man Wickles really is 
like on level with them in how mm. in depth he is on this role because it's like look if you got the script Jules if I wrote you the script and went okay you know Scooby-Doo script and I hand it to you a Scooby-Doo yeah. fan and I imagine he's a Scooby-Doo fan also and you read for the part of evil old man Wickles, you know exactly what you're going to get, yeah. don't you? So yeah, exactly. you have to play it A-grade, wouldn't you? Because you're, you're a professional. Yeah, you would, definitely. You would read it and be like, okay, I've got to gel my hair <laughs> to the sides. Give me a second, I'll get a gender reassignment. Oh, well, oh, you know, I'll you're such old. a good you're such a good actor. You don't need to even do that. You can just play it. You can just play it however you want. Oh, why, thanks, Ryan. No problem. I'll take that as a compliment. Hey, that's what all the actors are doing these days. I mean, come on. give Be be cool. I mean, he would have done it. That's true. He would have played Miss Wickles as well, I imagine. Uh, so, Bartek, you're a villain. Am I a villain? Yeah. Uh, you're the villain. You're, the, an- there's you're a- the antagonist there- of this podcast. There's a... <laughs> yeah. On YouTube, a guy from my year 12 media class had a short film he made where I played the villain and there's a shot where I'm snorting coke through a like $20 note Coca-Cola is expensive to get these days so you're a villain would you get all the other villains and create a bar near a pier and just party and talk about your legendary battles against your against the heroes and talk about how much you hate them and yet not actually join up and do anything and stop them because there's like 15 million of you and only like five of them or whatever. Maybe if I was the Joker or something, I don't know. <laughs> but you're in the Scooby-Doo universe. <laughs> yeah, so I can't be the Joker. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, th- this is kind of like a... I would say that's sort of like a homage to the show because... I looked up the trivia. Apparently, some of those people that Shaggy listed outside actually were uh, people that they nabbed in the show. Like, we didn't mention it, but... The Cotton Candy Ghost Glob? Well, apart from the Cotton Candy Ghost Glob, every single costume you saw in that museum was an actual, you know, thing from the show. Yeah, that's what I mentioned at the beginning. Like, I remember the scuba diving suit. Oh, yeah. As someone who does not watch the show, the only villain that I really did recognise was... What Cutlass's ghost or whatever it is, like the scuba one. Yeah, it's been a long time for me, so I didn't necessarily recognize a lot of them, but I could tell that they were definitely something you would see in the show. Yeah, and they seem like cool, cool, cool villains. So, guys, now you've seen the second one. How do you feel knowing that this is the last Scooby Doo? Yeah, they were playing. You will never see Seth Green again. You'll never see. Sarah Michelle Gellar again as Daphne. You'll never see... Well, you'll hear Matthew Lillard as Shaggy because all he does now is, like, if you've ever heard Shaggy since 2002, it's it's Matthew Lillard. I think it's since 2010-ish. No. Like, there was a long period after the movie where he wasn't Shaggy, but then he Really? Was. I looked up his IMDb, and it's, like, pretty much after this, it's just oh. Shaggy, Shaggy, Shaggy. Like, all I, he I... does is just... Shaggy. Yeah, to be honest, the only person I've seen recently is Velma, and she was in Age of Ultron as Hawkeye's wife. Oh, was she hot? She was good looking. She was very preggers, though. (laughs) Oh, well, so yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because I don't think she... Look, she might be a method actress, so she might have got Jeremy Renner to impregnate her. her Um, Yeah, how do you feel, guys, knowing that this is the last of these movies and that they were cut so short in their prime. Yeah, it was kind of sad because I read that they were planning a third movie but that this movie didn't do well enough to make it happen. 
To be honest, I'm a bit disappointed there's no third movie with Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, right? They could have And Marky him. Mark. And Marky Mark, and they play the protagonists, actually, and they're the villains. Yeah, like the that would actually be gang fantastic. Of the villains. Well, Marky Mark has a, bu- like a gang he can hang out with. A funky bunch. Yeah, a funky bunch. <laughs> I love... Okay, I will be honest. Okay. I have a theory, guys. Okay. Yeah. Out of the two Scooby Doo movies, be honest, which one's the one that's remembered more? Well, of course, the first one. The first one. Without a doubt. The second one is completely forgotten. Obscure. Some people don't even remember that there's a second one. Why is that? This one isn't bad. It's better. I could. I. I will argue with you. I know. We don't like to whip the dick out competition with which movies are better in the unappreciated masterpiece of series, but let's be honest, this movie is, I personally think, better than the first one. I think it's much better than the first one. I think it raises the bar. I think it is a sequel that it does beat its predecessor. So why is it forgotten, guys? You know what? I don't have a solid answer, but there is something that I've been thinking about since you first brought up doing these on the show. I think the first one was just much more widely marketed. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that as well. I, I just remember seeing, like, Scooby-Doo ads everywhere. Like, I had, well, I mentioned earlier, I did grow up with Cartoon Network, and Scooby-Doo was on that. And I saw ads for it, and the movie world in Gold Coast had a ride of it. <gasps> and yeah. everyone saw the movie. And the, when the second movie came out, I think we all knew about the trailer and might have seen the movie, but... I don't think it was marketed enough to leave such a huge impression as the first one. But could you? But could that be because the first one was filmed in Australia, took large portions of it in Australia? Or no, it wasn't supposed to be Australia, but also had Australian actors and actresses and Australian crew on board. While this one is all American, it might have. I have no idea what the marketing would have been like overseas. So you guys think it was a marketing ploy, huh? You think marketing didn't do as well? It suffered from what I like to call X-Men 3. That's <laughs> X-Men what X-Men 3. X-Men 3 is one of the worst, but when I grew up, I was really ex- I love those X-Men movies. So I was so excited to see the third X-Men. I didn't see it in the cinema. Don't worry. And I just remember there was barely any ads for that movie, like zero, nothing. And even the poster was just X-Men 3 the last stand like there was no post like image. It was just like the I thought symbol. there was an image. I thought it was Wolverine with his fist with the... No, the ones I saw was just, like, the X-Men symbol, and maybe it was, like, his three claws, but that's nothing in comparison to, say, an image that you do see, which is Magneto lifting that fucking bridge. Yeah. Which is, like, the image you would want for a poster. Of, but like, just... Days of Futures Past, where you've yeah. got, like, um, Everyone. Patrick Stewart and um, Ian McKellen. I just want to mention, we just had the scene where Daphne and what's-her-face, Al- Alicia, whatever had their little encounter encounter and she was like oh can't you do anything right but like she was being a bitch to her so screwing up her scoop should have been like yeah take that not oh i'm so sorry can we just talk about how seth green has severe personality disorder (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's that there's the later scene with the shrine yeah but that's not his wasn't it no, it's it's the villain's shrine of his own work. He's down there investigating a mystery, but he comes off so creepy because he's got a severe mental illness of some sort. Yeah, you're even, right. Because in the last, like bipolar. Or yeah, in the even Shaggy, who has no real touch with reality, is like, oh, he's walking both sides of Psycho Street. <laughs> yeah, in the last scene that he was in, he was like, no, I gotta, I just gotta deal with this myself. 
and now he's all jokey about it. No, but he's insanely jokey. Like, I like how, like, look, Patrick, we could stay here and do this all night. And something tells me you would. Like, Shaggy is terrified. Like, Shaggy has never been so scared in his life. No, but he even makes reference to it. He goes, like, oh, I can't deal with your personality, so we're going to split. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, I'll go split personality. But Shaggy has dealt with so many monsters. He's seen his friends get their souls sucked out of them. And he's scared all those times. But I've never seen Shaggy so genuinely afraid, so in terror that he can't even run away like the true coward that he is he's so scared with the seth green character yeah, like you're he's right absolutely yeah. terrified like seth green is the real villain of this movie because at the end of the day he may not have done like spoiler alert spoiler alert, he may not have done the crime but seth green will is a terrifying man who may or may not murder people I or beat them up Velma with such a psycho now. uh i feel sorry that scooby-doo 3 will be like who, where did the bruises come from, Velma? And then they're, like, investigating. Either that or, for the third time, she'll have a new love interest. <laughs> yeah, but the first one wasn't real. Yeah, at least this one got a name. No, there'll be a plot twist. She'll get a new sweater. Oh, oh, here's a question. What happened to Mary Jane from the first one? She went back to Australia. Yeah, was she from there? She had an American no, accent. No, but her... She decided her to actress, join the Spider-Man franchise. She revealed... <laughs> yeah, she did. She revealed that she was an actress from Australia. Uh, she married yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen, then went back home. Yeah, and she was in Wedding Crashes. So, um, yeah, funny you mentioned that uh, that Seth Green was the thing that really scared Shaggy because the movie's called Monsters Unleashed, and, you know, monsters always give him a reaction of screaming. And running. But, yeah, but that subtle fear he had right there of, like, holy shit, it's like dealing with something... Much more realistic than yeah. monsters. Look, now I said at the start, I had no recollection about this movie when I saw it in the cinema. But look, throughout the course of one's life, you're taught about, you know, the worries of, you know, uh, people who could be dangerous in stranger the... Stranger danger. Stranger danger. And the worry of, like, domestic abuse and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I did... I guess I subconsciously learnt that from this movie because watching it now, boy, he makes me afraid. <laughs> <laughs> like he scares me so much that like he's gonna be like that husband to Velma that just like beats her, but no one knows about it because he Not knows even him. No, he no, knows. But then, he knows. Oh, he, he knows. Her afterwards, and he goes, yeah. "I do it because I love you." Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, "Please forgive me," <laughs> and then she has to apologize to him. Cooks cooks her breakfast the next day. Whacks her with the pot. Why don't you love me? And, Why don't you love and me? The, and then he trips. Why? And then she's like, I and thought then... you were Will Smith. <laughs> 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 like tears. And he's just like, it's not my fault that I'm not Will Smith. He's and, angry because he's always tripping. Um. Okay. What about this reveal that old man Wickles is not even involved in the evil scheme? It's just a coincidence that he works at the same mines that the villain actually owns, and that his actual evil plan is to open up a, a child like, labor <laughs> child a secret child labor plant where they think it's like an amusement park, but it's actually just slave labor. I like it, don't you, Bartek? Old Man Wickles is so... Oh, well, like, it's... They ruin his business plan, sure. But it's not like he can't find other people to do business Maybe with. Maybe he's just a, moved on to a more sophisticated level of evil. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, I'm not going to dress up as a black knight. I'm going to 
actually do evil, <laughs> like how it should be properly done. Like, screw you, I'm gonna get profit out of children. You know who a he very is? Very much a modern type of evil. Wait, you know who? Yeah. No, 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 no. You know who he is? He's Lex Luthor. He is Lex Luthor. Because Lex Luthor, in every live action portrayal, has always, you know, Lex Luthor, he's Superman's arch nemesis, and he always has. Him. Grand evil schemes and whatever, but in the live action movies, the one criticism is Lex Luthor's the kind of guy who would, you know, blow up a sun so he can kill Superman. But in the movies, he's always like, "Oh, let's let's do a real estate scheme or yeah. oh, land property development schemes." Like his schemes are always like this kind of level of evil, but with Superman stopping him. Now that you so, can you imagine Peter Boyle if he was still alive <laughs> in Batman v Superman and he was like Slater? Yeah, now that you mentioned, the only one I've really seen apart from Man of Steel, which sucked, was the very first one, and I remember thinking, oh, I've heard of this Lex Luthor guy, he's like a supervillain, but he's not really doing anything super. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's super villain. he's one of the best villains outside of the Joker, especially, but like, he's one of the best villains D, you know, like DC have, and all he does in these live-action movies is just real estate screams. Yeah, he's so, more towards the money than actually doing anything to stop something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, guys... Here, here comes some special effects. <sighs> so... What did you guys think? <laughs> what do you guys think of this scene, huh? Yes, I'm very did attracted it... to the tentacles. Bartek is a fan of tentacle porn jewels, in case you're wondering. Excuse me, we call it hentai. Hentai is just animated porn in general, but tentacle... not into Weibo as well, or whatever the heck that is. Weibo. 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 Weibo is a super obsessed anime fan. Oh, I thought it was a type of porn. No. I thought it was like, oh, we is involved? Oh, no. Jules, put it away. Sorry, my brother's in Japan at the moment. And how's he going? Good. <laughs> Very good. How come he didn't invite us to Japan? I don't know, he didn't invite I don't me. Go to, I don't want to go with her brother. I don't want to go with him. Oh, look. So, oh, it's a Tasmanian... Did you read um, the trivia of the original idea of... No, I, can't, I did, but I can't remember. There were like so many different ideas. So around. they had two plans. Originally, they were going to make him animated Scooby-Doo. And the reason for that was it was a better idea than their actual original idea, which was that they would turn him into George W. Bush. <laughs> so so they, said, they looked at that scene and said, George W. Bush, nah. Animated Scooby-Doo? Nah. nah. Tasmanian Devil? Oh, yeah. yeah. What because... about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really disappointed. Then, and then he could be like, this is a story. <laughs> this raps. Because Scooby does rap a lot. The other day, I was with my girlfriend, and she was like, oh, Ryan, just tell me the story. And I'm like, okay, this is a story about... And she's like, so help me God if you're going to do Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I was like, I'm not actually going to... I wasn't actually going to do that. And then I did the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Because <laughs> in my mind, I was actually going to do the Brady Bunch instead, but she was like, don't do Fresh Prince. I'm like, fine then, I won't. I'll go with what I was actually going to do, which is Brady Bunch. And then she hit me. Don't know why. Don't know why. I guess Did you she really... Her? What? Did you report her? I'm reporting her now. Oh, you're getting called out, this girlfriend. This Schwarzenegger... Look at him. So... Are you attracted to a uh, muscular bound? Uh, no, of course not. Shaggy? No. Why not? Don't you want to? Don't you like how he doesn't have sleeves, and then when he transforms back, he does have sleeves. Well, he had a potion. 
Oh, the potion gets rid of your sleeves. Yeah, it was established. I like this reflection of Velma just then. You could tell that she wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. She was just having a wicked time. She's like, yeah, classic. Um, you guys are Scooby fans. How do you like the fact that in this one, there's actually detective work? Because <laughs> in the first one, there was no real detective work. In this one, they there is actually of, detective work. They sort of touched upon it with the scene where they went into that ride. And mm. that was about it. Yeah. They kind of had other ones, but that was the only really main one. That, that was the one that had the Let's Split Up gang part. Yeah. This one does have more... Like, you were right. This one is more in tune with how the TV show works. Yeah, definitely. Although, I think in the TV show, they were mostly in one location for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, well... Whereas this one, they are travelling around the town. Yeah, Coolsville is the one location. Hmm. I mean... But I will give it... This is... Hey, this film has barely any eating in it. Like, they barely eat any food, Scooby and Shaq. Well, they had, there was a KFC cup earlier, I guess. Yeah, but that was yeah, a but drink. Yeah, but compared to the first one, like, the opening scene is, like, them in a friggin' van eating, isn't it? They've just come out of the van. Oh, yeah, in the yeah. first one, they're eating. They're yeah. eating constantly. Well, yeah, that's where the KFC cup came so, from. So, yeah, but that's that's a drink cup, not Well, um, But when you split it out, it kind of looked no, like yogurt no, and ice cream. No, Ryan's thing. right. There is... N- Little to no eating compared to the last film. But also, what's a classic image of Scooby and Shaggy eating? eating Scooby In snacks. Scooby snacks, yes, but what's the other? Yeah, actually, I was going to mention, yeah, the really super multi-decker sandwich. But in these live-action films, I guess they wanted to do what I like to call a Chris Nolan, which is <laughs> make a dark, gritty reboot, and they're like, okay, what do we need to make this a gritty universe? Okay, supernatural, real. No six foot sandwiches. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Remember, this was before Chris Nolan did Dark Knight and Batman Begins, so I guess this was like the first step towards darker adaptations <laughs> Maybe... of children's entertainment. Oh, Maybe they so, can you imagine <laughs> it done today, where they're like, okay, Scooby Doo is now an actual dog. And he's gonna be a wolf. And he's gonna be a wolf. <laughs> and, like, Rowan Atkinson returns, and Scrappy-Doo will be the villain, but he'll be, like, the Joker. And we'll <laughs> be like, yeah, oh my god. Yeah. And Will Smith will be actually in the film. And Marky Mark of the Funky Bunch will do the soundtrack. <laughs> Go on, Bartek. No, I was just gonna say that maybe at the, the very last thing we see in the first film is them having that, you know, chili eat-off thing. The peppers eat-off. Maybe they were yeah. like, since we're not doing it in the next one, we'll give them just this little bit of fan service. Okay. Before we Yeah, what I said this. was pretty shit, wasn't no, it? Just, no, no, just no. Just move on from no. it. Forget about <laughs> it. It was, Before it was sh- shit. No one liked it. This is the best part of the movie. Where they're like, we got Ray Khan, Scoob, and they just yell at each other. And when he punches him, his voice completely changes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like usually he's like, even when he's like, you gotta calm down, Scoob! But then that one, he's like, you're pushing your luck, Scoob! <laughs> like, you're like, whoa! Jeez, it's like something I'd do. Shaggy is gone. This demon has returned from the first one. Oh my god. Hey, do you find it weird that the guys who usually get captured by the monsters in the two movies... Like, Shaggy never gets captured by the monsters? Yeah, well, that's usually a thing. He doesn't really get captured. They usually get, like, attacked and captured by the monsters and escape, blah, blah, blah. But, like, and so does Daphne. She's a damsel in distress. But in these two movies, especially in this one, it's just, like, Scooby doesn't get caught, but in the first one he does. And Shaggy doesn't get caught in the first one, but he does in this one by the tar monster at the end. So, I find it interesting that the rest of the team just are sacrifices, because we all know that Scooby and Shag are the main characters. 
So, 2004 was this made? I believe it was. Special effects were a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of CGI so. in this. So, do you find it weird by this point Lord of the Rings was already out and running and it had special effects and they still stand up today? But look at this. This stand. This will stand up in 40 years' time. Well, to be fair, the electric guy is very emotive. I agree. He gave me emotions. Well, no, that, I'm not saying he's <laughs> emotional. I'm saying he's very emotive. He, uh, he emotes to me. He has a lot of movements, a lot of... And like, you see him stumbling, and it's not like he's just running on two feet like, a, <laughs> you know, Usain Bolt or anything. Um, am I the only one who thought that this this guy, the masked guy... He was the he was very much like the Green Goblin yes, in Spider Man. Yeah. Like, oh my God, what happens if they remove the mask and it was actually <laughs> Willem Dafoe? <laughs> well, because but- I was waiting for him to be like, misery, misery, misery. That's what you've chosen for yourself, Mystery Ink King. But this one's much better because the mouth moves. Yeah. Why is this one's much better than Scoop? The, the Sam Raimi is a hack. Yeah. Unlike these guys. Who, do you know what else the director of this has directed? Scooby-Doo 1. No, you know what else? You want to guess? Big Mama's House. Ooh, it's Pochi Muddy! Beverly Hills (laughs) Chihuahua. Another dog film. Another dog film. And, and, Smurfs 1. What, the one from a couple of years back? Yep, with Neil Patrick Harris. Smurfs. And Katy Perry. And Katy Perry. Katy Perry. So, yep, that's what this guy's (laughs) directed. Isn't that, isn't that great? (laughs) Fantastic. <laughs> so he's he's a cinematic brilliance director, and and you know you listen to the, if you guys listen to the first one, James Gunn came back and wrote this one. Mm-hmm. So then he went on to write such masterpieces as Slither, which is a great film. You should actually check it out. It's brilliant. And uh, he did Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yep, he really went on to do something. <laughs> actually, that's the ironic thing. He went on to do stuff. But it's weird to think that he did this because it's like saying, oh, it's like remembering that certain directors started out making like McDonald's commercials. Yeah. Like, you know, freaking, you know, like Michael Bay, not big surprise, but like J.J. Abrams and a few others, like all these people just did these like, you know, Ridley Scott, like just did ads. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. It's Stallone. He started with a porno. <laughs> And now he's doing Rocky. And so. now he's doing Creed, even. The spin-off to Rocky. Ah, yeah. Well, he's, still, he's still Rocky in that. Yeah. Hey, yeah, he got nominated for it. So, you big fan of Stallone? Uh, Do you think it could have been good if he was in this movie? As Scooby's uncle? Stallone? <laughs> Stallone do? <laughs> he was like... That's my Scooby. I feel like they communicate well together. Yeah, they both have a speech impediment. <laughs> that, this ship doesn't reappear, does it? Nope, we never see it again. And also, we see that this dude has a penis for sure. <laughs> Which means that it's not a woman, clearly. But then at the end, surprise, surprise, we'll be surprised with the mystery. It's not only not a woman, it's a bunch of men. Uh, but, oh, like, standing on each other's shoulders? <laughs> Oh, this guy really deserved it. Look at him. I did Look at like, that fucking hair. Oh. In, the, in the shot earlier when he was yelling and the, everyone saw the ghost shit. The ghost you were just ship. like, I hope he gets tar in his mouth. No, no, no. Everyone ran away except him. He was, he was just still in his car staring. So here's something I really wanted to happen, right? No, look. They misspelled this, zeros. Yeah, this is an unappreciated masterpiece, yeah? Yeah. Best film ever made. 
best film ever made. Even better than the first one, but that is also the best film ever made. I really have a hard time with best films ever made because sometimes there are things you think, oh, this could even make it better. But there's that question. Is that interfering with the greatness? But I, I want to give you this piece of advice, film. You should reconnect some of the tissue. I think during that scene in which the people are protesting outside... They should have zeros correctly. No, I think every one of them should have been the fans that we saw at the start of the movie. How dramatically poignant would that be in the Scooby-Doo universe where at the start, because they're famous, they had all of these fans that were yeah. going over them. And Thematic then, fans, yeah. And then at the during this point, they turn against them because fame is fickle. I'd like to say one of the guys with the tattoo like changed their tattoo yeah. to get upset. Yeah, yeah, or they have like a cross. Yeah. <laughs> they just crossed it out. Like, I like, yes, but that's just a tip. Like, I think that's something that could have elevate elevated this movie just a bit like it's just the dogs turn into Doberman it's just a little touch yeah all the dogs are doing poos <laughs> you know what just, or they're urinating because it's their territory now. you know what even if I don't agree with too much of what you're saying and I do actually just seeing the dogs again would have made me laugh yeah. because as you know I actually knew about the subtitles so scene. Jules how do you feel about Freddy actually having feelings now like he's just suddenly he drove up to here and now he's all he's got feelings yeah this is suddenly his character arc thing like he's now got one i don't know how far through we are but now he's got a, like feelings how do you feel about his feelings <laughs> what are feelings yeah well, it was sort of sort of early when he uh, stuff was taken out of context and he was upset and he banged his head on the yeah but that's bit. just anger but this is where it really brings up the whole i don't want to be a wimp yeah. The, the earlier thing wasn't really about wimps. It was just being misunderstood. Yeah, but now... Yeah, but it's kind of like... Freddy has a masculinity problem. It was, like, with Daphne, it, it, you could kind of see that she was getting more pissed off with Alicia Silverstone. Where with this, it's kind of like, oh, uh, that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I could understand that you were pissed off that you were getting misinterpreted by the media. Which... Yeah, but he was the face. It was him who was always getting done. Like, wouldn't it piss you off if it was you? Yeah, but I just don't understand this whole, like, oh, like, I, I can't deal with things anymore. Yeah. Like, it just kind of came out of nowhere, sort of. And that's good. Because we want the movie to keep us on our toes. Yeah. We want it to surprise us. I like this flashback. I think all of the actors that they chose really look the part of the yeah. younger oh, versions. Yeah, really do. I, 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 I am a bit disappointed that they keep flicking the camera around so you don't see their faces too much. Because yeah. I think like they that should... Shot, this shot right here is like the best yet. Yeah. I think they should really rely on the actors that they did choose because they looked really good. I, you Very know, impressive. I think they didn't have enough confidence in the younger versions that they picked. I but... think that's some of the most accurate flashback actors I've actually seen yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Scooby looks just like Scooby. <laughs> Scooby but here's a question. Where was Scrapping? Yeah, well, he wasn't born yet. No, he, was a, he wasn't... Remember how he's oh, like... Oh, of course. He's a galan- he has a disorder that makes him little, <laughs> yeah, but he's but... not actually a puppy. Well, I mean, he's still younger than Scooby, because he's his... I don't know if he's nephew in this, but in the main series, he is his nephew. Look, now, I like that this sequence coming up. I, I wrote in my notes, like, lots of things, but I wrote... In a moment, we're going to have a montage. I wrote in my notes, like it was happening, I wrote montage, and then literally a minute later, Shaggy's just like, look at him. They're having, having a, a montage, montage without us. And I'm just yeah, like, I was actually thinking that, like, oh, Ryan's going to mention here's a montage, but then it got <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he'd like that. 
Yeah, oh my god. This movie has, like, probably, let's be generous, five montages. Let's say around that. Not even, I'm thinking that's a bit too much, but, like, it doesn't have many. And this is a film that is, what, 90 minutes or just over? 89, actually. 89? 89 minutes long. And you could argue that this scene at the Mystery Inc. clubhouse is a bit of a padding scene, but hey, this is a movie with worth. It knows how long it needs to be, and it cuts down on pointless montages because, you know, in, in film, in film you, there's an argument that montages are completely useless and that they slow down storytelling. But no, freaking what's it called? Uh, Bend it like Beckham. Bend it like Beckham was perfect. It had like twenty million montages. Yeah. But you know, how do you you know how do you count how many montages is enough? That's the question. So before I mentioned, I want to get back. Why is this movie forgotten? I didn't give my theory. Oh, you have a theory. I have a theory, guys. I'm interested. Do now, tell. Hold on. I think it's conspiracy. Oh. Yeah. I think someone out there, maybe in the production, maybe in the cast, maybe everyone, wanted this movie to be forgotten, to be unappreciated, for there was a stain on their reputation in this movie. Now, I didn't necessarily, before doing this, have a culprit in mind. I thought maybe James Gunn, but James Gunn has enough weight behind him now to survive, but maybe at the time... This was weighing him down and he couldn't create his own stuff. Maybe he was going to be stuck doing these live-action cartoon movies. But then I thought, oh, maybe, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar. She doesn't want to do this. She's she's Buffy. She, she's above this. But then I, you know, we talked about all the different things in this episode. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, who, 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 you know, who I think really is the secret culprit behind this movie failing? Scooby? No. Freddie Prince Jr.? No. Oh, Freddie Prince Jr. is actually going to be my guess. No. It's not Velma, is it? No. Oh, well, those are the main characters. Shaggy? No, Shaggy got a career out of yeah, this. Yeah, I was going to say, Shaggy's, Shaggy's the one person it can't Shaggy's be. Shaggy's the only one it can't be. I think it is Alicia Silverstone's baby. Get me on this. Now, I don't even know if the baby was born then, but they needed Alicia Silverstone to retire from acting. And they made sure that this was the movie. They're like, okay, mum, get in this movie. Now, I don't know, like I said, don't know even if the baby was born at this time. But the baby, baby has magic powers because, you know, Alicia Silverstone is crazy. So the baby forced her to be in this movie and, and, and convinced her to get to all the people and say, hey, you know what, this movie, it's not as good as the first one. And as soon as you say that, sinks a movie. Sequels die if it is revealed that they're not as good as the first one. I mean, there are so many movies with sequels out there that we even forget. Like, Jules, have you seen Joe Dirt? Yes. Did you know there was a second one? Yes. How is there a second one that wasn't released in cinemas? But have you seen it? No. Exactly. (laughs) Why? Is it because it's not good? (laughs) Probably. To be fair... I haven't seen Blues Brothers 2000 or Rambo 3. Oh, you're missing out. Or Shock Treatment, and I own all three. Well, well, well. We're going to do them. No, I don't know. One of them. I think we should do... What was the first it's one you like said? It's like how Mean Blues Girls Brothers has 2000? a sequel. Yeah. Huh? It's 
It's like how Mean Girls. Mean Girls a has a sequel. Everything has a sequel, and you forget. Like there's Beauty and the Beast two or Aladdin three. Oh. Disney oh. likes to do that, right? Yeah. The Little Mermaid. I think there's three of those. And yeah, but those are straight to video. But there are ones that just go to hell and die. And I think that's what Alicia Silverstone's baby did. Alicia Silverstone's baby wanted to be fed like a bird, and they need someone to feed them. And who's going to feed them other than their mother? Alicia Silverstone. And she can't have Alicia Silverstone doing that, because Alicia Silverstone, if she if this movie was successful, it would relaunch her career, because at this point, Alicia Silverstone's career was dead, because Alicia Silverstone is only a 90s actress. This was her attempt to get back in the public eye. But the baby wouldn't allow that. The baby had to have it fail. That's my conspiracy, guys. I think it's pretty genuine if you look up all the facts that I gave you, which was a minimal amount, but good enough for me. <laughs> so in conclusion, yeah. it was the advertising. <laughs> in conclusion, it was the Hollywood Illuminati. So, guys, <laughs> let's, you know, shut up for a second because we're doing the most badass scene in the movie. Yeah, Fred. Freddy rides again. Um... I did not know that Freddy's name was spelt with a Y. I just kept writing I-E. Like, yeah, Freddy, but it's a Return Y. Well, to be fair, it's Fred, so... Yeah, but you can spell it any way you want. So, the Ascot has returned, as Jules mentioned. How do you feel, Jules, about it? Do you feel more comfort that he's back to his traditional look? Part of me does, yet part of me goes, oh, <laughs> just get rid of it. Why? Don't you like Ascots? Do men with Ascots not turn you on? Oh, I mean, if it's Austin Powers. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, ah, oh, well, if it's Freddie Prince Jr., yeah, well, then he, he's... Well, if uh... it's Mike Myers in an Ascot. <laughs> so uh, the, the attitude they have towards the Ascot in this movie sort of does make me remember the first movie in its... Parodious isn't a word, it's a game. Parody nature. Because the first movie was very much a parody homage to the franchise. And here they still make fun of the Ascot. Like, in the ve the very first thing we see a person doing this movie is Fred comes out of the limo and hands Ascots out to ladies because mm. Ascots is his thing. And then here, just as he's getting all badass, he puts on an Ascot. Can I just say something? Her idea... <laughs> it's the best idea ever. She double explodes. <laughs> Her idea... Look, to fight a monster... And she explodes. <laughs> Her idea... Her idea is to punch electricity, like to kick it. She sees a ghost made out of pure energy and electricity, and her idea is not to pour water on it or cover it in rubber or something, something. She thinks, I'm going to kick that. That's like if you went up to the sun and thought, I'm going to punch it. <laughs> Ryan, you're missing them having emotions. I liked how she got double exploded like Bartek says and then instantly goes into a romantic you, subplot yeah, did, scene. Did you notice the double explosion? Yes, I did. But I, I, I think I read something like she got exploded. Yeah, I was like, yeah, the explosion launched her and then she explodes? Wait, wait. L look at this. I think this is the only real time where Velma joins in into the cartoony nature. Like, I think Velma, out of all of them, seems like the most sensible one. Yeah. Other than her voice. Obviously, that's cartoon. But this is, like, the first time in this movie, at least, where she joins in into the cartoon aesthetics. Like, she looks like Velma. She sounds like Velma. But, like, the way she holds herself is not as Velma as it could be. But that kind of just typical Scooby-Doo where they have the bent knees and do that. The only other thing that she does is look for her glasses. 
Boy, does she need... Oh, she even comments, she even comments that she needs to get contact Attacks. lenses. Yeah, she does. You know, one thing that these two movies does that I really liked was that Velma had a lot of respect for Shaggy. Yeah. Throughout both of them. Like, in, in the first movie, when Shaggy releases her spirit, she, she yells out, I always knew you were a hero, Shaggy. And here, she's got this, like, really mm. sort of inspirational speech she gives him. Like, I always wanted to be like you. Well, it makes sense, because Velma out of everyone in the gang is the one with would have the lowest self-esteem and you know yeah. ideally yeah. be one who would look up to people and shaggy is someone you'd want to look up to because he's always on the brighter side like sure he's a coward but he's a nice guy at the end of the day like out of all of them i'd want to hang out with shaggy and that's oh, not because yeah. he's a stoner or anything it's because he's a nice him. guy he's a cool guy like he seems like a genuinely cool dude to hang out with freddie i wouldn't want to hang out with freddie and Daphne, especially now that he's wearing I a jacket. Hang out yeah, with but Daphne. I feel like you'd get like the least judged hanging out yeah. with um, Shaggy. Where I feel like, oh my gosh, if I stepped anywhere near Freddy, like <laughs> I'd be getting so many yeah, dirty yeah. looks thrown at me, and just oh, oh my god, who the hell is that? Yeah, Velma, Velma and Shaggy seem like the best people you'd want to hang around with, and then Scooby. Like I think Scooby less because you know Scooby's a bit of a dick. Actually, we would have both of them on this show. If we could have them as a guest. Yeah. You know, Velma and Shaggy? Mm-hmm. Not Scooby? I mean, Scooby's hard to understand, and he might, you know, mm. pour food on the microphone and it'll turn red. You might not have a podcast if Scooby was on <laughs> It's like, no, <laughs> Scoob, don't eat the alien! So, can we have Scrappy-Doo? I mean, uh, he's he more speaks co- English. He's more coherent, yeah. So... Did you see what the costumes for these monsters looked like before they got transformed? Yeah, they were actually costumes. Yeah, so why they... Tra- like, I just don't understand they transformed into that. They look so different from because, what their costumes look like. Because of sci-fi. So here's a funny thing. They... Oh, the ends of her hair are burnt. <laughs> I didn't notice yeah, she that. she has no broken ribs or anything from the fall. She's okay. Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's kind of like Lucy Lawless, where it's like... Lucy Lawless, who played Xena, she's yeah. like just how in The Simpsons, like, I didn't know Xena could fly. Well, I told you, I'm not Xena, I'm Lucy Lawless, and like, <laughs> Lucy Lawless can fly. I imagine that Sarah Michelle Gellar is just really tough. Like, she's like Jessica Jones. Well, oh, yeah. She could beat up James, uh, not James Franco, Sam Greco. Yep, and... and she would beat up James Franco. And James Franco. Why isn't James Franco in this movie? Because he was too busy doing Spider-Man. He was, yeah. yeah. He would have been inspired. Ah, and this was during the time where James Franco was actually a serious actor. Like, you could take him, like, as a legitimate actor. Like, Geeks and Freaks was yep. good. Yeah, like... Uh, Spider-Man, he was actually... Compa- like, out of all of them, I actually find, watching them again, Spider-Man, James Franco is actually really compelling. I feel a lot of feelings for James Franco in those movies. Yeah, actually, Dane DeHaan is a whiny little bitch in the latest Spider-Man. Yeah, Dane DeHaan's a whiny bitch. Yeah, you know, with, um... With James Franco, when I was growing up, I only knew him as Harry. So whenever yeah. anyone mentioned that he was really eccentric or really a comedic actor, I thought, really? Yeah. The guy who played Harry? Really? And then nowadays it's like, oh yeah, Stoner, he, he, he's the he Pineapple does. Express guy. Yeah, he's a James He's James Franco. He's with like Seth Rogen and all yeah, that Yeah, even shit. in a, This Is The End, yeah, he, exactly. he was pretty much a dick the whole well, time. What I love too. is Shia LaBeouf has managed to out... James Franco than James Franco has. And he does it so much better, James too. Franco's been trying to do his weird shit for, like, 10 to 15 years, and Shia LaBeouf does it in, like, two, and he does it so much better, with less trouble and more ease. 
So there's the shrine Bartek. You're a bit confused. You guys were a bit confused. Like, yeah, no, mm. it's it's just the doctor's shrine to and himself. To himself, because he's got to remember. Yeah, the cool Coolsville Museum, the Coolsonian, and Smithsonian, and. Then, for some reason, Seth Green somehow got past all the monsters. I imagine he beat them up and killed them. No, I imagined he just talked to them and they went, holy shit, this guy's too <laughs> weird for us. <laughs> it's like, um, Bartek, I don't know if you guys have, but there's the Predator movie directed by Robert Rodriguez called Predators, where it's like set on a Predator planet. And it's like the idea is all of these criminals and all these killers and all these eccentric oh, characters shot. get dropped onto an island, like a, a planet, and hunted by predators. And then for some reason, Topher Grace from that 70s show is there, and you have no idea why he's there because he's so pathetic. And then at the end, you find out he's actually the scariest one of them all because he's like a real fucked up serial killer that will remove your organs well, and skin and that. Well, That's why did... I imagine Seth Green. Well, he did play... <laughs> to be yeah. fair, he did play Venom. Yes, but it's like, and you know, at the end, the pre- he's like talking to the predators, and the predators are even a bit scared of like Topher yeah. Grace. That's what I imagine. Yeah, Seth Green is like Definitely. Seth Green's just like, hey guys, could you let me uh, in, please? And then he just gives this little smile like he just does then, and they're like, whoa, whoa, dude, yep. I'm a tar monster with one eye, and even I'm scared. Topher Grace's character in that seventh show did give Seth Green's character a lot of shit. Yeah, hey. He called him short a lot. How about the, how they set up this grate before? Freddy was running on the grate, and he broke it, and then she falls through this grate. And then, later, and then on, later on, the villain falls through the ground. I like how they set it up. They really did. There's not like a last, you know, a lesser film, a lesser film like I don't know, Inception, would have just had the villain run there and it falls off with no explanation. But this film sets it up, set up and pay off, boys and girls. That's what films are all about. King's Quest Two would be proud. What? People who've played it will get. <laughs> <laughs> hands up who's played King's Quest 2 no not even Martin no I have, I have in it there's a bridge where if you cross it five times it breaks and then you can't beat the game I'd watch a movie where Seth Green and Topher Grace are brothers like you find out the brother they're brothers like and it's like the character from this movie and the character from Predators and they're brothers and they're serial killing team and Scooby Doo and the Mr. Ink gang have to investigate <laughs> And they're like, oh, jeez. I used to go out. I used to go out with this guy. <laughs> I'm Aussie. Yeah. Yep. Well, they're in Australia again, and there's Isla Fisher, and she's married to Borat. And Borat's in it, and he's like, I don't know. I haven't watched Borat in a long time. I can't remember how he sounds like exactly. But like, you, you're good at impersonation. Yakshamaj. My name is Borat. Jinkuye. I thought this was a giant unicorn <laughs> yeah, going to appear. I thought, oh shit, a unicorn? Like they exist in this universe? I, I guess. Do you like what they do to him? They eat him alive. That's horrific. And they cut away from it so you can't see him screaming and crying and begging Look and begging. Look at their faces, man. Imagine if you were on like a deserted island with a guy who's about to go cannibalistic and they make those faces. <laughs> Could you imagine that's the face he makes before going down on you? (laughs) (laughs) And then he licks it up and he goes, Mmm, Scooby Snacks are great! And then you're like, don't call my vagina Scooby Snack. Yeah, that's the thing. There are barely any Scooby... Are there even any Scooby Snacks in this movie? No, there aren't. In fact, in the first movie, there was like one or two. No, no, there were several. 
Oh, that's right, because... Mary I... Jane likes him. He eats him at the bar with Mary Jane. The only one I forgot was Daphne, Mary Jane. Daphne bribes them to do the thing for her because she has Scooby in, Snacks. Initially, I only remembered the Daphne one, but then I remember Rowan Atkinson had a whole box. Mm. Misery, misery, misery. I'm from Spider-Man. And now Sarah Michelle Gellar's like, let's do it again. Like, he wasted time before. Well, in this the movie, they don't have to do a whole dance sequence. Mm. Oh, did she get her hair trimmed? Yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, she, she's always got accessories on her. Yeah, she does. Like, I imagine she's just got, like, hair trimming scissors up her cooch any time of day. <laughs> just like, whoop! Just need to clip these ends. Do something! Don't just look! Oh, now you run away? Oh, fucking... What happened to you in the first one where you could, like, handle yourself? Well, to be fair, it's a tar monster. I could punch tar. Yeah, but after that, nothing. Oh, really don't you like how away. this is like the frisbee at the flashback? Yeah, mm-hmm. montage. That's up, what I was thinking, and I was impressed that film I caught it. Set up and payoff. Set up and payoff. This is emotional, and I like how he's clearly Green Goblin, but he's got, he's got like weird hair. <laughs> like I don't know what that's but, about. And the resolution to this situation is a very important message. Freeze things. No, 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 no. The important message is always remember... To catch frisbees. The occupational health and safety. Yeah, I like how, <laughs> like how the evil villains is like, look, there's most likely going to be a fire. I better have a fire extinguisher and exit lights. Well, he did have an electricity monster. He um, might short did you see how many candles were in his, on his shrine? Yeah, he's a da- it's dangerous to have that many candles. Like, I like candles, but dude... Yeah, don't leave Come candles on. on if you're not going to be around to turn them off. Or blow yeah. them out. Close the lights. Yep. <laughs> you don't know what you were saying, do you? No, that last one was something a friend of mine said ages ago, and it made us laugh. Us yeah. being me and my friends. Yeah. Well, I have friends. You're with me right now, guys. You listeners and you people on the podcast joining me. Now, you know, this, this scene gets a tear in my eye because look at him go. Don't you wish that you could do this? Hmm? You mean the handstand thing? The handstand, freezing a tar monster that could kill all your friends with a fire extinguisher. And don't you wish that you could just waste a lot of it by spraying the stuff you've already sprayed? I, I don't know. I bet Jules could do it. She's born in the year of the dog. Yeah. yeah. You're Scooby. You're Scooby. Yeah. I am Scooby-Doo. I am, I am the Scooby-Doo. Uh, like a Beatles song? Yeah. I am the Scooby. So I watched, after watching this, I thought, oh, I'm going to watch a review to see what somebody had to say about this because, like I mentioned, this film is completely forgotten. There's so many big YouTubers and big people that talk about the first one because that's remembered, but this one isn't. So I watched one and they were like, oh, I recognize all of these monsters and they, like, get images of all... Oh, oh whoa, pterodactyl, calm down, Jules. <laughs> but thank God, time on Satan. But they get all the images of all the monsters. Like, oh, I recognize these monsters. But then they get the image of that that zombie-esque one that vomited on that news reporter and they just pulled his pants down and they're just like, you know what? I don't know who the hell this is supposed to be. And they get up like five different images of who it could be and then they're just like, you know what? It's none of these. I guess it's a new one. I guess. Like, nobody knows what this monster is from the original Scooby-Doo. If you do, if you're a Scooby-Doo aficionado, tell us. Message us. We need to know. Uh, Bartek's crying over here from not know- finding out we don't know what the monster is. Sorry, I'm still getting over the pterodactyl. Oh, Jules is crying from the pterodactyl attacks, but th- it's gone now. And, oh, the villain just 
kill themselves. Wouldn't it be a twist if the villain just accidentally hung themselves? Like, what a twist would that be? It'd be a very dark twist. Did you not see the first one where there was a dark twist that Scrappy-Doo was the villain and he's, like, sucking the souls out of people? That would be not unwelcomed in this film. I like how Dude, what the hell's he doing there? Who? Ned. What do you mean? Well, considering what's about to happen... Yeah, but Ned's still like, maybe I can maintain my job. <laughs> like... They don't know I'm involved. Why would Old Man Wick was wearing green, and I want to know the significance of what that means. Like, you know what I mean? Like, red is obviously villainous, but green usually, in the ways of color schemes in these in in film and all that, is usually an indication of the color of change and transitioning. So I guess it means Old Man Wickles is a different man now. Yeah, he's not going to do the and he child labor thing. And he what changed him? Uh, uh, well, I this kn- is gonna. Change I him. knew Alicia Silverstone was a man in a mask. <laughs> yeah, Daphne actually reveals it earlier. Yeah, she she figured it out. She knew what was. But up. she was just speaking so incoherently. Cool, that... Sonian. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of my favorite bits, like I was in tears, tears last night, laughing. Like I clapped and everything. Well, like the two of them yelling at each other. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Man Wickles and the, and, uh, the Doctor... Jacobo, yeah. Jacobo yelling at each other, where it's just like... It wasn't enough getting the maid by my fair lady. You find out it's a girl. It's like, you're too active. But I just love... And stealing my tater tots. He says it so genuinely. I just love... He's like, you said they made you, f- they made you feel puffy. It's like, <laughs> Dr. Jacobo really cared. Oh, and this is Jules' favourite bit. And the real person behind Ned is... Ned! <laughs> I loved Freddy in the, both these movies. Like, when I look back, it's always hard not to say Shaggy's the best because he's clearly the best cast. Like, Velma's a close second, but boy, I enjoy Freddy in both of these movies because he just has those things where it's just like, hey, dorky chicks like you turn me on too. Or the real person by Ned is Ned. <laughs> like, it's just so strange. Oh, yeah, and the part where Daphne asks him, like, do you think I'm just a pretty face and like he keeps changing his face? Like, calls her fat. Yeah, he's like, like yes. Supposed to be. I like Fred just has feelings in this one. Like I liked, you know, talkings for wimps, and she's like, no, it makes you human. <laughs> what a wimp. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought Fred. I thought he was a hero. No, no, he's a wimp. The Don't only feelings we have is appreciating masterpieces. Yep, and that's a good feeling. That and erections. Although, yeah, <laughs> true. Although I will say, I kind of found it jarring that he wore a jacket in this movie rather than his costume from the previous one. Yeah, what well, just? But a nobody <laughs> except for um, um, Velma really keeps her actual costume. They keep. Well, the difference with Shaggy is that he wears an undershirt, and that's it. Wasn't he wearing that in the first one? No, he no. just had the green shirt. It was way too warm and spooky island. Yeah, right? probs. But it's not unusual. He wears undershirts in the show as well. well yeah, but I didn't find that. I was saying I found Fred wearing the jacket. Giant, yeah. Because he, in the first one, he really did feel like sort of an adult. Like, not necessarily a smart one, but... Now he just feels like he's acting really young. Oh, so yeah, because he published his own book. It's yeah. like, oh, it's an adult. Yeah, it's like, oh, now I'm young and I've got a really hip base with my pals. Right. Although I guess you could say, because in the first one, you never really did see the everyday life and locations of Mystery Inc. Cause yeah, because they, they broke up. They were on the job at the beginning and then they broke up and were on a job again. Oh, Old Man Wickles was... Uh, hey, look, all the fans hugging. are back. All the fans are back. They should have been traitors at the start. And, of course... How do you end a film 
with a dance number. You do. How do you end a film? Dance. And look, they're all wearing different clothes. Except ex- for Velma. Except for Velma. No, and Shaggy. No, no, Shaggy's no, wearing a new shirt. All You're right. Scooby clothes. and Velma are the only ones without but new outfits. No, what, Velma's jack, uh, sorry, jumper in the previous scene was had a lot more stuff on it. This one looks more like the mean? one from the first movie. What do you mean? It's just, it's just. No, I'm pretty sure that jumper's just a, like more I resembles the one from earlier. I think it's just her normal jumper, but everybody else has a new outfit, Bartek. Like everybody has a new yeah, outfit. Yeah, yeah, She's got nothing. What I love is. I love watching Velma in that dance sequence because she's like, she's the only one who's genuinely losing her shit. Like, look at them go. She's supposed to be the nerdy, calmer, subdued one, but everyone else is more subdued. Like, they're, I guess, more confident. Like, yeah, they're like, we know what we do, but these two, like, Velma's losing her she's fucking a brain. Yeah, her, her actress said that she, she described her character arc as being getting over her fear of intimacy. Yeah. And now she has, and now she's happy. I don't and know there's why Marky he's, Mark and the Funky I don't know why he's dancing. So, who's the hottest in the gang for you, Jules? I'm going to steal uh, Bartek's answer. It's the boots. They barely in. Oh, in the one cameo they had. Yep. In the one cameo. Oh, and they both kiss him. Who's, who's that? Ruben? Ruben. Classic Ruben. Flashback security guard. You're right. They should have gotten... Uh, best dancer in the film. Old Man Wiggles. They, they should have... Instead of Ruben, they oh, should have gotten the guy. Green, no. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, you were saying. They should have gotten the guy who sang that song in Birdemic. No, they should have got what's his name um, from Shrek. You know, the guy that sings the main kind of song in Shrek. And he also sang it in Rat Race. What guy? I can't remember. Like, what's that stupid song from Shrek? I'm a Believer? Yeah, I'm a Believer. They should have got him. Donkey? No. No, the actual artist. Like, the actual singer of I'm a Believer. They should have got The that. original? Like, because in that one, I'm pretty sure What's-His-Face sang it. Eddie Murphy. No, it was the real song was in there too, bro. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it was the credits. So, now we're in the credits rolling. And this is usually the time, guys, where we give our review and rating. But, you know, I think we should talk a bit more because there is a little thing at the end. Only I here out of the three of us saw the little thing at the end of the credits here yes i recommend you know obviously watching it guys but while the credits roll i mean do you think it was a better movie than the first don't rush in at once guys you know i mean there are a lot of things that make them very similar even though their attitudes are very different Mm. i like i can't lie and say that this one is as nostalgic for me as the first one. Yeah, you haven't watched it Because it's inevitable that... Even if I did watch this one multiple times, I certainly remember the first one a lot more than this one. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. when I, as I was watching it, there were little bits where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this happens. Oh yeah, there's the old clubhouse. Oh yeah, the I think cool Jewel sucks line and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's the only thing that from pop culture, like I'm online a lot, and the only thing I know from this movie that's remained is the Coolville sucks like how they manipulate him and that's the only thing that from this film that has carried over i think so if, as an experience of remembering stuff like oh yeah i remember this oh yeah i remember this i did have it in both but i guess this one it was more meaningful because i didn't remember as much of it mm. what i think is the better film i don't know i think i'm i've got the rose colored glasses kind of glued to my face i can certainly you got the eggs there too huh <laughs> just what? Saying that you got the eggs there also. 
Oh no, I'm not embarrassed about that. <laughs> but um, you're like, what are the eggs? So yeah, I enjoy the first movie more, but this one, as when I was I was excited to watch it again after watching the first one because I thought, oh, I don't remember this one. Maybe it's not going to be as good. But you know what? It's solid. It's definitely unappreciated, and it deserves more credit. Yeah. What about you, Jules? Do you think it's a better film? I agree with that. Like I'd say, the first one I definitely remember so much better. Like I. I haven't seen it in a while, but I can remember the plot of it so much better. Mm. I could almost tell, you know... What scene by scene. Scene by scene uh, sort of thing. Oh, yeah. But with this movie, there's a whole heap of stuff that pops out to me that I appreciate a lot more now that I'm older. Yeah. Like, especially with, uh, like, Freddy getting <laughs> misunderstood by the media and stuff. Like, that's just uh, so relevant to now and all, all that sort of stuff in, like, the yeah, nostalgia of all the costumes and things mm. so yeah. it's like for memorability the first one probably will stand out a lot more but I do enjoy this film better than the first oh, emotional guys did he say Scooby Doo where are you in this movie at any point I don't think you did. No, but the song is in it. Yes, the yeah. song is in there. Yeah. yeah I think it's a better film. Overall I think Take yourself away from the nostalgia and just view them as pieces of art. This is the superior film. And, and look, I know there's someone out there saying, screw you, this isn't superior, you know, but hey, it is. It's okay to admit that your nostalgic classic isn't as good as its, pred- as its sequel, but the first one does hold a bigger place in my heart and always will. This one is great and I will watch it again. Now, guys, we are getting to the end. The credits. Oh, I had one of those, but it was red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Game Boy Advance Secret Code. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, at the end of the credits, if you stayed long enough as a kid, you got the secret code to Scooby Doo on Game Boy Advance. How do you feel about that, guys? Does it hit you with your nostalgic feels? That is very old school. My main question is, as a kid, how the hell would you not crack that as the code? I don't know. I mean, it's just... What, SD2? SD2 is a very hard code to crack. I mean, could you imagine as a kid, you had to stay... Like, oh, I heard that there's something cool at the end. Mom, like, i got to stay Dad, back. And this is before Marvel stay. movies. This is before Marvel movies. Just remember that. Okay, let's get our reviews and our ratings on the way. Um, Before we do, I just want to mention, on the DVD for Spider-Man 1, uh, what's his what's his name? The guy that plays Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. He, there's actually a bit where he tells you some secrets from the PlayStation 2 Spider-Man 1 game. Brilliant. So he's like, here, you can go and find a little secret area, you get more points. <laughs> like, oh, thank you, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I really wish it was Willem Dafoe telling you, but it's done like it. It's an image of him with his shoulders like shoulders really pointy looking in a suit, and his arms folded, looking at you with a scowl in like a really dark lit room, and the shadows on his face really contrast. And he's like, "Yeah, so there's a secret little area." No, I want to see Spider-Man Three emo Tobey Maguire doing it. Oh yeah, bro. All right. Let's get the reviews. Bartek, why don't you head off first, give your kind of review, and if you had to give it a rating. Well, I mean, when we were 
um, making up time waiting for that ending thing, I kind of already did give a final thought. But come on, that was just in your regards to it in its predecessor. But oh, let's comparing talk it to a- the first one. Let's talk about it as a stand. Like, let's just talk about the experience as a whole. Let's just review what you felt about this film. What worked, what didn't work, what you loved, what you hated, what you enjoyed, why it's this unappreciated masterpiece, everything. Just, just give your honest, heartfelt review about this singular film. Okay, fair enough. You know my conclusion. I said that it's definitely unappreciated and we will definitely watch it again. But the things that it addresses, I really liked how every character had an arc. Mm. So we had Velma's fear of intimacy, Daphne's fear that she's useless, I guess, just a pretty face, mm-hmm. uh, Fred being a wimp, because he, he is a wimp, right? Am I right? He has Pussy. feelings. Should hold back, like us. Yeah, Uh, a a brick wall. And Shaggy and Scooby being a duo of guys who want to be useful on purpose. They want to be like their friends. They feel like they don't belong there, even though they have such history. Like, when I first saw the flashback scene when they were kids, and seeing how much they enjoyed each other, I thought, Shaggy man, you must have known these people for so long, there's no way they could possibly think little of you. Even though they could have, you know... Maybe the script could have put in a bit more, but regardless, the history was there. And it's something that really shows in the ending when they all get along together. And Shaggy is useful when um, it was Velma. She gave that really touching speech Velma to touches me in places. <laughs> Ryan, stop thinking with your deek. And just shush. I did go to Deacon. Sorry, though. I didn't understand that, Bartek. <laughs> go on, Bartek. What part didn't you understand? My dick. Uh, it is a very confusing object. How big is it? Big enough. What? Uh, as big as the legacy of this film. So massive. Oh, damn. I'm glad there's a table covering it then. <laughs> go on. Where was I? Yes, I, I was praising the fact that this movie had a lot of arcs. And, you like know... Like Noah. What? (laughs) (laughs) Go on, go on. Ryan. Sorry, I'm I'm being a bit of a silly bugger. Ryan. Telling good jokes. Ryan. This is why you come to Spin Polish Presents this snappy repartee. Like, I just say something and Bartek goes, what? And then I have to repeat it for him. So it's like you get the joke twice. Hey, Ryan. (laughs) What? Don't you ever fucking talk to me that way ever again. Oh, no. Next week it shall just be spit. <laughs> no, just be Polish. <laughs> Your spit? Uh, you mean... speak Polish. <laughs> yeah, I, I speak Polish. What's so your I'm... rating, dude? What's my rating? Uh, did he finish his review? I don't I think, think I did, because Ryan kept interrupting <laughs> with his dick and everything. <laughs> yeah, my dick does that. This film has a lot of arcs, they are very emotional, and the especially standout scene is when Velma praises Shaggy. I think that this film deserves a... Dude, what's the biggest number you can think of? My dick. Yeah, well, what number can you give it? Uh, A high one. Alright, I give this film a high one out of a medium one. (laughs) Yes. Okay, Jules. Let's hear from you. We, you know, let's hear your view and what what you would rate this masterpiece. And I'd just like to comment before she starts. Our DVD has finished, and now we're on the special features menu. So while we're talking, we're looking at Scooby Dance while this is happening. Just, ne- just because, see- in case you hear me giggle, because next, I'm feeling it. Next to incredibly CGI fire. 
Yeah. Yeah, right. definitely. So what do you what do you have to say about this masterpiece? And don't say a word until she's done. <laughs> um, yeah, Sam, so, what do you think? <laughs> fuck you. No. I could say that it's definitely um, a very relatable film in terms of the characters going through certain motions like doubt. Like, at some point, I'm pretty sure we've all doubted ourselves or thought that, you know, maybe we're not good enough or maybe we want to be more like somebody else. And I feel like that really um, shines through in this movie. Definitely um, people's fears and stuff like that. Um, And the fact that, you know, at the end, they all band together and, I guess, help each other. So it's the nice sort of you're not alone, like we're all... We can all be insecure together and get over it together sort of thing. So it's a very nice and relatable film. And I think that's the bit that I enjoy the most out of it, that I guess you can kind of look at yourself as one of the characters and go, oh, I've gone through that before. Mm. Um, Plus, I guess, for me, the nostalgia of seeing stuff that I used to watch as a kid on Cartoon Network is pretty great. Um, I feel like... If you can get over the fact that they don't eat as much as they usually do, I guess you can compensate for that, for having a huge six-stacker sandwich in front of you (laughs) would fix everything. Um, So, yeah, I think... What am I going to rate it? Mm. What Mm. am I going to rate it? I think I'm going to rate it the fifth layer of a six-stacker sandwich out of... Brilliant. The That's the only rating that. Wow. So the only She's... problem with this movie is that it's a bit anorexic. Just a yeah, bit. it's got <laughs> Scooby's got an eating disorder in this one. Yet again, in the I know should mention it, but in the first one it is mentioned briefly, subtly that that Daphne does have an eating disorder. <laughs> well, yeah, it's sort of that she doesn't eat enough. And you know, I don't think I saw her eat in this one. No, she doesn't. Oh. She explodes she, at one she point. She still. <laughs> she does. Twice. <laughs> All right. This is what I have to say. This film takes it back. It takes it back to the essentials. It goes back to the roots of Scooby-Doo. This film says, hey, what is good about Scooby-Doo? And the answer is, it's simplicity. Scooby-Doo has always been, and always hopefully will be, simplistic. And just because it's simplistic doesn't mean that it's also not complex. Simplicity can also be complex. This time round, the gang get involved in mystery and a case that are very similar to the familiar types that we are used to. This time, at the end, they unmask the villain. This time, they encounter several different types of monsters. They are in the spooky house. They are in the spooky mining place. They are in all of these extravagantly wonderful locations. The characters are all on point. They have always been on point. The characters in these live-action movies, but in this one... I feel more relation to them because they are a team. They are a team. Even though Shaggy and Scooby split up, that's also a part of it. They play around with the conventions of Scooby-Doo, yet keeping it grounded to what Scooby-Doo is all about. These two here have both mentioned a lot of stuff that I also agree with. I think that Velma is really the heart of this movie, along with Shaggy and Scooby, while Daphne and Freddy... Although I do not feel towards their plight as much, they do have heart. They are more three-dimensional than in their original design. All of these characters have emotions. I believe them all. And one thing I would like to say is about both of these films, but in this one in particular, I genuinely believe 
that, okay, I don't believe the CGI is real. Like, I don't ever think Scooby's real. But I believe the actors interacting with Scooby, like, Scooby is there. Because you've got to consider that Matthew Lillard has to, for pretty much 90% of this movie, act against nothing. Mm. Nothing. He's acting against no one, and he has to pretend that he's with his best friend. And I really think that these movies have to be commended for that, because even today you will have CGI-integrated characters. They might look great, but they aren't interacted well with the other characters. I think that is a real strength of these movies, that Scooby-Doo and Shaggy and the rest of them interact really well with each other, that I genuinely believe that they are there. I don't believe the CGI, obviously, but I believe that, like, at no point did I ever think, oh, they're acting against nothing. I know that Scooby's not real, of course, he doesn't look real, but never did I think, oh, you know, Shaggy's doing a crap job, he's acting against no one. No, I, I think we have to commend all these actors. You know, that's, you know what, you know what? I think my rating is just a, an all-around applause for the, the actors and the writers and the general crew who made this. Come on, guys. I'll be one of the audience to help you with your rating. Yep. I can't deny that. That is definitely true that yeah. Matthew Lillard did make it seem like something really was definitely. there. And the acting makes you kind of carry through the CGI and go, oh, look, I can look past it because it and, feels real. Yeah, and even the voice acting for Scooby is good. Like I, I oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So you, you know, um, you mentioned there that uh, Daphne and Fred kind of didn't have as much going for them as the other three. Mm. Apparently, I was reading that there were some deleted scenes where there was a subplot that Fred gave Daphne an engagement ring. Really? I thought you were going to say gave her an organ. <laughs> 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 Could you imagine the subplot? Of, Daphne, that's why Fred's feeling a bit down. Daphne, like he had to give. I'm going to give you my kidney. No, no like, my he, kidney. Yeah. He gave her an engagement ring, and then when they got the machine that they had to fix, apparently it was missing some parts, so they had to melt down the ring into gold, and like Aww. there was a whole message of, you know, cute. we have to get rid of our ring, but. Our our love is still real. Oh, that's kind of cute, but that wasn't in the movie, unfortunately. Yeah, so it doesn't count. So, other people have <laughs> other thoughts. And I go to IMDb, to the user review section, and find the gems that I can find. Now, Scooby-Doo 2 had a lot of, lot of them. 29 pages of reviews. Wow. Whoa. What's now, the average I, for movies that we do? Well, the average anywhere from 10 to 50. Oh, so okay. this is right in there. Yeah, so, right in the middle. And I was worried because I thought, oh, this second one usually isn't talked about, so I was worried. I was worried, but thank you, internet people. This one is called Funny and Comical Live Animation. This was a seven-star review, and it came out in 2004, so when this came out. Hmm. What makes this movie delightful is the ability of the direction and live actors to capture the essence of the animated action found in the original cartoon series. A number of scenes appear to be lifted straight out of the cartoon series, like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy are prowling around in a house and you find them carrying each other just as they did in the cartoon version. There are a number of such scenes that really hit the animated button, and it is a treat to actually see it transferred onto the large screen with real actors. Though not perfect, this movie has its obvious flaws. Where where um where and in some places it drags a bit but overall the tone the flavor of the movie even the flares of emotional drama and simple moral and juvenile dilemmas 
enhance the quality of this movie's tar- enhance the quality of this movie, which is targeted towards children, except for you know, and, and in brackets, except for the obnoxious product placement at the beginning of the movie. I give this seven out of ten stars. That's a really nice review. I think that really hits home to what we were just speaking about. This is Scooby Doo is the dog. Dog spelt with two G's, in case you're wondering. Oh, so he's Snoop Dogg. Yeah, this movie is Da Dog, because I have an exclamation mark at the end. Ten stars. Also written in 2004. I saw this movie on opening day. To let you know, I am a total Scooby-Doo fan and was totally excited about seeing Sco- about Scooby coming to the big screen. So when I saw the first one, I was in, I was in total do heaven. and then the news about the sequel made my heart skip to the happy sounds of joy so when I saw this movie I was totally pleased with the sequel's outcome there was so much more in this one than the original especially the whole dancing Scooby in the whole soul get up I thought I was going to pee my pants from laughing so hard (laughs) So for all those who don't know what a good movie don't know a, what a good movie is, then you need to really get your reality checked. This is for kids and for adults who have a little kid in their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds gross. <laughs> I have Seth a small human in Seth my Green. heart. Seth Green has a little kid in his heart. Okay. This one is from 2004 also. No star rating in its thing, but later on it will say. This one, before I say... No, no, no. I'll say it after. This is dastardly deeds and CGI hijinks ensue. It's a Friday afternoon and you and your buds are trying to decide on a movie. How about Scooby-Doo 2? Should we check it out? Good question. Allow me to point out a few things that might help you make up your mind. One... The word Scooby is in the title. Two, the word do is in the title. Three, the action takes place in a city called Coolsville. Four, the local museum is called the Coolsonium. Five, the phrase do the fright thing appears on the poster. Got the picture? If so, then you should realize that this is not a movie you guys should see alone together. However, it would be alright to see with your significant other? Like they put a question mark there, like, like they don't know. <laughs> Ask yourself the following questions. One, did I watch and enjoy the original Scooby-Doo TV series? Two, did I watch and enjoy the first Scooby-Doo movie? If you answered no to both of those questions, then it should not shock you into a heart attack to hear that you might not enjoy the Scooby-Doo <laughs> sequel. And then, the gist. Yes, some of the jokes are pretty silly, and okay, there's enough cheese for more than a couple of Ritz crackers, and I'll admit the inspirational You Are a Hero speeches are pretty painful, and while the CGI isn't going to make George Lucas's beard quiver, <laughs> I still thought it was cool. I can't give Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleash a wholehearted recommendation, but it's great, for, it's great fun for the kids, and if you still find humor in the cartoon, then you just might find yourself enjoying this live-action version. Just don't expect too much. P.S. Aren't you glad I didn't... didn't, Sorry. Just don't expect too much. P.S. Aren't you glad I didn't... That I did not say expect do much? Baha. And then they wrote... I'm sorry. I officially apologize for that. 
it won't happen again. Two and a half stars out of five. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say out of ten. I'm like, oh, jeez. So I love at the end, they're like, Whoa! <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I won't do that ever again. The best ones are always the ones where they talk about themselves. The next one is short, simple, and to the point. Okay. This is also in 2004, and its title is Jinkies. This was a lot of fun. Another great version of the old cartoon favourite. I really enjoy how much work is put into these adaptations of cartoons. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy is always a favourite of mine, but in this particular movie, Velma was just just about as good. Plus, an added bonus, she actually looked hot for the first time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, right, slow down, slow down, right. <laughs> did you not see her boobs in the first one? I mean, did we not all see her boobs? Oh, okay, whatever. Whatever, uh, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that this person is, is wrong, but, you know, whatever. Plus, yeah, as an ad scene, she looks attractive the first time. Yeah, sure, whatever. It was also good to see Seth Green in a different role than his previous works. Hats off to Sarah Michelle Gellar for another great performance as Daphne. I enjoyed seeing Peter Boyle, who of course was in Young Frankenstein as the monster. He always works in these types of movies. I give this film 7 out of 10. See this at any price. Did you notice how they didn't give Freddie Prince Jr. a bone at all? <laughs> they don't like him. Okay. Scooby is better and funnier in the second one. 9 stars. This was 2013, guys. That was three years ago. I knew that this film was coming, and I was double excited than the first film. I saw this film on the premiere with my dad, and I was expecting this film like a year before its release date. I saw the trailer on TV. This was better than the first, and it has more famous monsters from the animated series. The people didn't like the f- that film. Uh, yeah, it had more famous animated than the series. The people didn't like that film again, but I loved it. Today I have it on Blu-ray and I'm watching it every day. Oh, wow. (laughs) I wish to go back that day I saw it on cinema to live it again. It was the best day of my childhood. The film was even better. The acting was again the same and amazing. It's a great film to see with your family or your friends. A film for all ages. Everyone will... Everyone will enjoys this. See it, and I hope you like it. And I like it that much, I give it 4.5 out of 5 stars. Oh, wow. Okay, now, this is one I I personally love. 10 stars. Son loves it. 10 stars. Son loves it. Oh, his son. This person's son loves it. This came out in 2011. I'm really reviewing this for my son, who is 9 years old. (laughs) The The movie has great chase scenes, funny moments, and good music. You should see him playing the air guitar to the music and running around along along with Scooby and Shaggy. He just loves this movie. Very slapstick. From an adult perspective, though, I appreciate the slapstick as well. While the story may be formulaic, I I, I still like the results. I am still amazed at the match the cartoon voices... The cartoon slash voices from the original cartoons. I also oh I also appreciate Buffy, the appreciate the Buffy links through Alicia Silverstone, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Seth Green. Seven stars from my point of view. <laughs> like, <laughs> like son ten. I'm doing this for my son, but let's see what I have to say. Okay, this is the last one, guys. Yeah. This was written in 2004. It is called Wacky Sequel. Mm. <clears throat> Hilarious. Goofy, 
a wild roller coaster ride with a hot young cast and a CGI dog. I haven't seen such wackiness since Inspector Gadget and Dudley Do Right. The Tar Monster, the Tar Monster reminds me of Chode from Sci-Fi Channel's Tripping the Rift. The Black Knight Ghost reminded me straight of the silver robot that replaced Gus from the Tripping the Rift. <laughs> like they put that there twice. I don't know what this tripping the rift is, but I want to check it out. The, yeah, it's remind them of the silver go the silver robot that replaced Gus from Tripping the Rift. It is cool that they took various monsters from such well-known episodes of the cartoon. Thank God they didn't include the gorilla-like the gorilla-like creature. We have enough gorillas for almost a century. The voice work for Scooby and the monsters were great, but the tar monster and the skeleton people look absolutely cartoonish. I laughed so hard from beginning to end. Since I enjoyed the first one, I will enjoy the second one. There's a reference, there's a reference to the horrible cartoon, a pup named Scooby-Doo. Is it a horrible cartoon, Patrick? It's been a long time since I've seen it, but well, I remember it being There's a reference to the horrible cartoon, a pup named Scooby-Doo. Not actually Coolsville, but also, but also the old wacky cartoon from the late 80s is referenced also. When they show the gang as youngsters, the soundtrack is great. The Tasmanian Devil makes a cameo, reminding me of Looney Tunes back in action. If there is a Scooby-Doo 3, bring it on. What will be installed for number 3? Scooby-Dum, Scooby-D, the Black, uh, the Blue Falcon, and Dog Wonder? I bet Scooby-Doo 3 will have aliens in it. This film is fun for the family. And they just didn't give it a rating out of anything. I feel like we've already worked out what Scooby-Doo 3 will be. I think Scooby-Doo 3 will have Seth Green being a murderer. It'll be the edgy and, one. And he's an alien. Like, <laughs> I like how this person's like, bring it on. Like, I'm so pumped for But Scooby. he's not expecting the reality <laughs> like, of what it will be. It's Seth Green. There were so many uh, reviews to choose from. There were so many that were like, oh, I can't wait for Scooby-Doo 3. Like, oh, they were waiting. And they're still waiting. Wouldn't it be gr great if they did one today and it's like a gritty reboot, like we said? Or it's like a Marvel movie where it's a universe? Oh, yeah. Like the Hanna-Barbera universe where it's like Scooby... At the end of the Scooby-Doo one... Oh, okay, guys, guys, imagine this. At the end of the Scooby-Doo movie, like at the end credits, they have a little clip play and it's like... Freddy sitting at a desk drinking a beer or something or like no drinking a milkshake because he's Freddy and then you just hear hey and you turn over and you see from behind the person's shoulder like a, a leopard print outfit and you just hear who are you and he's just like well you might know me. And he just flips around and it's Fred Flintstone. yabba dabba doo And then, yeah, it fades to black and then you just hear, as the credits just finish, yabba dabba doo And then you hear, like, the, the ankles clink together. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like, no, I'm setting up an initiative. yabba dabba doo Clink, clink! Fred <laughs> Flintstone or Huckleberry Hound? Both can be in the gang. And I think they should have Harvey Birdman as well. <laughs> mm. Is there a Huckleberry Hound movie? Uh, I think that I think he appears in a Fred Flintstone movie. 
But I don't know, I'm no Huckleberry expert. I'm an expert on unappreciated masterpieces. And, uh, well, we'll find out if Huckle is one. But, guys, what do you think? You happy that you've joined in on this marvelous adventure, Bartek? You happy that I chose Scooby-Doo too? I know my you're... show. It's mine, I too. have to be here. I have to. I'm just here for the paycheck. Sergio, out of all the shows... Is this the best one to have done it with with Scooby Doo too? Are you are you secretly thinking, oh, the pterodactyl is what ruined it for me? <laughs> oh, look, the the pterodactyl has put me slightly on edge. So next time we will <laughs> do I the am... new Jurassic World movie <laughs> with all the pterodactyls. I'll, I'll hold out for the margarita guy. I'll hold out for the margarita guy. The margarita guy. Yes. Um. Yes, it's been wonderful. Uh. Yeah, Scooby-Doo. So this is the second film down in our Dogathon. Yes, we're going to be continuing to do a series of dog-related and movies. Our first ever sequel. And our first ever sequel. That is correct. It is weird to think that this sequel, along with its predecessor, is both unappreciated. I can't believe it. It's just haunting to to think like that. But yes, we are going to be continuing for the next few episodes with more dog-related movies. As always. You guys have been great, wonderful listening people. If you want to get in contact with us, the channels are there available. We have the Facebook page, which is Spit and Polish Presents. We've got the iTunes up, and of course, we've got the main Podbean website up and running. If you want to give us any suggestions or just give us any comments or anything, you know, feel free to drop a line. Bartek, as always, it's a pleasure to be with you, you teaching me more Polish, me not knowing how to do it, us talking about these films as they deserve to be talked about, which is masterpieces, and of course, having a wonderful guest. We always manage to get the best guests, don't we? I mean, I'm hoping one day that, like, one day, wouldn't it be great if we had someone like, you know, someone like who's an influential figure in the world on the show, like Barack Obama, and we're talking with him about Like Mike or something. Mm. <laughs> and he'll be like, oh, I like this. And then, you know, we'll be like, he was the shittest guest we had. He wasn't as good as Jules. He wasn't as good oh, as thanks. when we had Bashar al-Assad on. <laughs> <laughs> as Kim Jong-un. <laughs> and he, we, we should have Kim Jong-un for Like Mike, because Kim Jong-un loves basketball. Uh, yeah, he does. He's got what, that. Really? He's got that one. Yeah, he loves basketball. He has. A, oh, okay. He has an NBA basketballer as like a friend, right? Kim Jong Un's best friend is Dennis Rodman, former basketball player. Fair enough. Yep. The, the more, more you, you learn, know. the more you know. Yep. The more you know. The less I don't know. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, Jules, fantastic having you on. We'll have you on again at some point. I don't know. We're out of Scooby Doo movies, live action ones. Oh, well, no, TV there are, movies. There are, yeah, there are two made for TV. Movies. We're never doing TV movies. Never. They suck, and you all know it. We're going to do more classic films, yes. And we're going to be expanding our range, uh, hopefully. We'll get more and more, keep up to date on the page and stuff. Yeah, you guys have been fantastic, wonderful listening people. And uh, until we meet again, watch out for Seth Green. He is... he is a killer. Dude, Seth Green and Rowan Atkinson in the same alley. I'm so erect. Oh, Johnny English 3 coming this summer. <laughs> <laughs>